The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Okay, with the extended cut, nice. Uh, I am your host, Roddy Cat, with apparently a little bit of editing. I'm going to have a little more editing. I'm going to have to do after the show. You can find me at Roddy Cat on on Twitter, Newsletters Need on Twitter, uh, CB Caps on Instagram, and with me tonight, replete with his own sound effects, is the sound effects man, Agent Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. That's what I was saying just before we went online that I don't believe anyone online actually heard. I had a a sound effect all queued up for Roddy Cat, but did not have it prepared in the soundboard. So Uh, that's something I will rectify for next week's show. Oh, if it's anything like what you were... uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's exactly what we were discussing last week. Oh, great. It's, It's short. It's to the point. It's nothing very extended. I hate that song at this point, but okay, sure. <laughs> I don't hate that song. I gotta take it back, but they played it a lot. Anyway, to find out what that is, um, it could also be a Neil Diamond song. So let's not. Push I mean, it. it is, but <laughs> no, but it could also be one. You know, a specific Neil Diamond song that that doesn't isn't a direct reference, but you know, right? Because I believe that was a cover of, yeah. Oh wait. That's what you're there, exactly. Oh, you're thinking of that song? Yes, exactly. That exactly. might be even worse, even though I secretly low key kind of like that song. Anyway, the, the, it's one of those corny. It's one of those corny songs. Lately. It's also kind of a, we know which song I'm it's probably also kind of a problem if you think about it a little, little uh, uh, in a little bit. But we won't get into that right now. Maybe next week. Uh, uh, anywho, uh, not with us tonight. Again, tune in next week if you want to know what that particular song might is. Although you pretty sure you already know what it is. Exactly. Um PC underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter and popculturenetwork.com and the umbrella site therein. Tim D O G G98 on Twitter, the Eel Cyrus that is ish. You can also find him at the click nation on uh D K L I Q N A T I O N Dclicknation.com. C B Cron, uh, which is the Combo Chronicles uh, uh Twitter account if you did not know that and also comic book resources you can go over there and read his articles and because he's over there writing his face off i've read some this week yeah i was going to read one this week but it was also going to be a spoiler of something that um that uh, we're going to talk about about. and then i got spoiled on twitter about it so thanks very much twitter (laughs) oh no um yeah, I didn't even know that part of the story. That's awful. Well, yeah, I said it in the in the back channel. That's what I was talking one of those messages. But either way, that's just what it is. Um. So yeah, you can find this here program on the usual suspects like CSPN.us, the Coast of the Podcast Network. Do it today. 
Indeed. And boy, if that show idea ever, if I ever got that show idea off to the ground, but I feel like there will be more heavy lifting on my part than I will be, I'm willing to do. Um, <laughs> more like wrangling cats. Well, there is that also, but yeah, that's the, the small part of it. Anyway, maybe, maybe someday soon, who knows? But also, you can find this here uh, podcast on Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. I know Apple had a um, thing, whatever, who cares? Um, and also the Coast of the Podcasts um, Network's SoundCloud page, but also, of course, Spotify. Go check us out on those spots, with maybe with the exception of SoundCloud. Uh, no, check us on SoundCloud, but maybe rate us on those other places, I should say. Yes, rate us. Give us five stars. Like, oh, man, they took too long for the intro. Five stars. That kind of stuff, mm. you, know, you, know, you know. If you're going to complain, give us five stars. If you're gonna, or if you're gonna complain, don't do anything. I don't know. Either way, we're gonna get into the comic books of the week, starting with. Uh, I guess we decided on Young Justice number eight, and I kind of almost wish I had the, the stinker for the show for it, but I don't. Uh, even though they have, they're only related by name, basically. Yeah, I read this so. You know, I, 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 it's hard to characterize this as reading because I had been spoiled as to what the story's main import was and was reading for that point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know too much of the background. I mean, the background is set. So well, we've, we've talked about it. And yeah, there's really not much to it. They're lost in the multiverse uh, because. Right. Of- they're, yeah, they find themselves in a different uh, uh, part of the multiverse. So- I'm not even sure why. Uh, well, because they all came together on a different world. It, it, it's, it was a thing in the first couple of issues. That's all. That I remember, and it's still going on. Yeah, well, it was, but then they got thrust out of there because of the people didn't want them there no more, and they didn't want to send them home, so that's how they got lost in the multiverse. So they almost, they're almost, like, they're basically a hair away from being uh, DC's um, exiles. Exiles, that's what I was going to say. This is very much an exiles type story. Yeah, so... It, it's kind of interesting in that point, but not so much because it's business. But <laughs> I don't know. I've been I've been enjoying this a lot, and this was a, pr- a fairly fun issue. It's basically them on the current world, which is World Three. I don't know which world that is because my DC multiverse knowledge is nearly nearly non-existent. Let's, let's say I'm, I'm totally honest about it. But um, it's not a good world. Let's put it square, and they're not. They're not doing faring that well, or they're barely faring well. Right. This is one of the. This is actually one of the better known uh, Earth variants. It's not necessarily that you remember the Earth variant number, but you remember what's important about this particular. Well, that's uh, also true. And uh, what's important about it is that this is the home of the crime syndicate, the crime syndicate uh, alternate version of the Justice League. And that's the important part that I think most people would remember. Um, and that's really where this story starts, uh, we, where we have alternate versions of the Young Justice team specifically, not just dealing with um, the uh, Justice League variants or alternates or counterparts. We have the counterparts of young justice running around in earth three and that's the i don't know if that's the um 
where we left off in the last issue, but that's where we definitely start off in this issue. They had just gotten there in the last issue. So, at, at the end of last issue, they had just gotten there, basically. And then... Alrighty. Yeah. So, going into this. But the, the main takeaway from this issue, outside of them being here, is we come to find out that Tim, one Tim Drake, has a new code name. We're not going to tell you what it is, because one, is kind of obvious, as he's had it all his life. It's lame! I don't... I don't opinion. That is my opinion. So we had a nice little discussion about this. We had a, a nice little discussion about this prior to the show. That actually was recorded. You may or may not ever get to hear that, though. Um, and I don't know. We we have differing opinions about the whole secret identity thing. Uh, well, right. we have, I, let me rephrase that. We're, we're kind of similar in this whole secret identity in certain cases. Right. What I was going to say, though, is it's root. It has its root. The, the 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 opinions have their root in different aspects of where superhero comics and superhero stories are nowadays. And sadly, wrestling, which and I don't know why? But yeah. Well, I think the I think it's the at least that's the closest um, analog to places where people actually go by different names, even though, you know, one of the, one of the points that, 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 that Roddy Cap brought up is that nowadays, even those wrestlers that, uh, go by stage names generally, not, 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 not all of them, not, not, not ultimately all, you know, not, not every single wrestler, but generally have their, uh, civilian identities, their normal names listed somewhere for general consumption, like the internet, like on somebody's Wikipedia page. Right. Uh, you can guarantee you'll be able to find most, if not all of them, by that, though, um, given that being, being that the case. Like you. Right. And it's, and, 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 and part of it is. As 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 we were just talking about, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a way of treating secret identities and code names. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're sides of the same different. You know, two sides of the same coin in a sense. Uh, and and how uh, you know, I don't think this particular change in code name should stick, although it might, uh, given you know DC's proclivity. You know, you know. What, what is it that eclectic used to say? Oh yeah, that's right. DC stays losing. Um, shout out to eclectic. I'm gonna make sure to tweet him and, and let him know that uh, you know we dropped strong reference on tonight's show. But uh, come on, we know he's listening. No, we know he. We don't know. That. Oh, I'm joking. I, I'm think joking. He, I don't know that for if, sure. If anything, if anything, eclectic has listened, but I don't know if he's listening. Girl. Yeah, I would. I would. I would so, agree with that one also. <laughs> So, but in and, any and event, yeah, part of and part of the argument was kind of stemmed in the fact that there are other, without going too far into it, there are other superheroes in that same universe that have had a similar name change to the point that that's some would argue would be kind of on the nose for them. Uh, I don't, and I'm trying not to try to give, be kind of vague because, like I said, it just came out yesterday, and I want to spoil it for people who want to read it, you know, right. 
I mean, we can ring the spoiler bell, but it's really not worth the trouble. Yeah, I mean, it's not that. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we gotta get hunt. We gotta get the hunchback to climb up into the bell tower to I mean, ring the spoiler bell. Well, I mean, you've done it. You've done that for sport a couple of times, so that's not really saying much. But, the, get, in but, the, but get in the tower. <laughs> get in the tower and ring it. He seems to get up there pretty fast a lot of times. Uh, but um, but anyway, but like yeah, but the point is, is like it's kind of similar to that or spies that use code names kind of situation, and and you know, there, there, it was a whole thing. We really don't have to get that far back into it and um i'm kind of in agreement with agent seven to where i don't i think do think this one's going to stick but you know if it doesn't stick i'm not surprised because i think i don't know what the impetus of it was behind the scenes outside of the fact that okay there are a bunch of robins or let me say that there have been a bunch of robins like obviously all of them are not going by robin there's enough have been going that are still going by Robin to, to need a distinction, I guess. And then mm-hmm. that being there's one, um, and every and all the other Robins have taken other code names. And I would suspect that that was probably was like, well, you know what, this is why we did this one just to kind of keep that thing up, as opposed to heck, because in on the other side of the aisle, there's two Spider Man, and yeah, you can tear them apart if you see them, but you know, there there's. I'm sure there would be some confusion to some people about oh, that. There's, uh, yeah, uh, uh, until Miles, although they have been giving him a growth spurt, <laughs> um, he's still appreciably, uh, or at least noticeably younger, depending on... Oh, for sure. Um, depending on the artist's rendition. So you can definitely tell, like you said, when you see them, not only in costume, but also in general size. Right. Now, unless, and, and unfortunately, un, unless you are sight impaired, that that would become a big, uh, a big, you know, a, a thing also. So that's, you know. Right. You'd have to listen to them speak. Which, you know, obviously. You know, and then you'd have to have both of them to compare. So what are you going to do? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's factors, but that, that's, that is a, you know, a, a slight specified case. But the the point was like yeah there have been characters with similar names, and you know they want to distinguish, you know obviously and I guess Spider Queen would probably be in a, a part of that too because they've ne- although they've never ever called her Spider Woman or Spider Girl, so that's kind of they have an issue. actually they have they have but they got away with it because they've maintained her in uh, the Earth sixty five continuity up until now. True, but I don't remember her them calling. Well, Spider Woman. did. I don't remember them calling. They called her Spider Woman in in. You in you are you are yeah. I was about to say there was one or two times because they kind of it felt like they were even in the original run they were kind of staying away from it, but except for in terms of other people in the world, at other times. People. Yeah. yeah, I think if, if if you go back and read it, they have her. No, I do. I, I, I do recall. Yeah. No, but they have her name Spider Woman like in headlines and right. other things. But I don't remember too many characters referring to her. As it Spider-Woman. didn't come up that often. Is what I'm basically right. saying. So. Exactly. That's that. That's that's uh no. That's definitely true in that case. So 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 yeah. So that's kind of how they kind of got around that, uh, uh, whether it was intentional or not. But that would be the uh, eight, another similar case of. of the name change thing. So regardless, we spent way too much time on this. Young Justice was a pretty good issue. And that was the, despite what was else was going on in the issue. That was kind of the quote unquote bigger takeaway of what happened in the issue. And I'm still going to go back on my assertion that as I have my notes, Tim Drake, and I said, you know, I just said notice because I said this earlier, Tim Drake, arguably the smartest Robin there has been 
you know, despite of what Damien might think of himself, you would think he, of all people, would have come across this particular name change well before now, as opposed to going into another universe where an alter, where, you know, uh, a similar, where his alter ego of that universe happens to adopt it. And he's like, huh, okay. So I'm like, but hey, you know, what are you going to do? All right, moving right along. Just um, very quickly, how long ha- how long has Superboy been going by this very retro look? Uh, in this book? I mean, in this yeah. issue? Um, yeah. Pro- so th- that's the funny thing. He's kind of, so he kind of had it from the beginning, but not to this effect. So basically what happened, so d- real quickly on that one, is he was already where everybody met up, which was Jim World. Right, and he was kind of living as a right. He was living as a farmer, and he wasn't dressed up. He wasn't this sharp, in in the distinct. So he basically didn't have the jacket. His hair wasn't the way it was. It was kind of like Young Justice, the cartoons Young Justice, more like in his hairstyle. But somewhere in say the what the issue is this eight, right? So somewhere between issues four to six. I, I was actually say probably like six or seven. That's when he pretty much adopted this because this was Relatively fairly, recent, yeah. So there was a fairly reason where he just went back to his old nineties look. That's so, and retro. it and it was kind of out of the blue then too because it's like, wait, where did he even get the jacket from? I mean, he probably had it with him. Actually, I think he did. He had it with him when he initially arrived on there when they explained it when he arrived on Jim World. But you know, he had changed his hair to you know. Tonight, right. he found a, he found some time to hit the barber. Apparently, uh, somewhere in the midst of their in their uh, dimension hopping, they he they he hit the barber and and found a costume that's very similar to his '90s style. So, um, actually, I want to say when they left Jim World, he might have had it with except everything except for the haircut. Okay, I believe I can't remember because I know he he definitely had the shirt, you know, and uh, and jeans. So, yeah, that was a weird one because it was like the rest of it just kind of poop and he was just back to his old 90s self without the attitude, mind you. Well, with less of the attitude, thankfully, because, you know, if anybody knows of Superboy back then of that one, you know, he was kind of a jerk. Anyway, uh, actually, speaking of while we're on this point, before we go to the next book, we um, I will go ahead and say really, really quickly that I finished uh, Young Justice season three. Um, Generally. I liked it. Has nothing to really do with this the, the book because. All right, I'm gonna send up. Uh, what you call? I'm gonna send up uh, Quasimodo, and ring the spoiler bell. <laughs> wow, he. Mm, that's that's. Doesn't sound like Notre Dame. I know. That's about. Yeah, that's a different bell than he's used to ringing. But yeah, it works. Um, yeah, we won't get too too far into that in either way. But all I'm just gonna say is like, yeah, there were some weird resolution choices. Um, because we had talked about this like probably about um after the show a, a couple times and I think we may have brought up I know we brought up last week as to, you know you had already finished it um but yeah the whole well first of all the whole Lobo's the, the whole thing with Lobo and his um quote unquote offspring I'm like okay sure that was the only way that was gonna go although actually I take the back because they could have come across they could have that could have grown into a new character or more specifically a, a current Teen Titan but that didn't happen. Uh, but the resolution of a couple of plot points didn't go the way you would think it would have, which, you know, for good or for ill, it was just weird. What I was saying is that 
the particular storyline that we're referring to, and I did ring the spoiler bell, so you are forewarned, but there were hints that they that the writers of Young Justice had interwoven elements of the Judas contract into the storyline. Mm-hmm. Given that it's technically not a Titans story in the in in the in, in the strictest sense of the word, that this is a a hybrid uh, I mean, Young Justice yeah, and yeah. Titans type, you know, uh, cartoon. Right. Because uh, basically, Young Justice was a basically a offshoot of Teen Titans, regardless. You know, maybe a different one. Which It was always weird that Young Justice as a team was a thing when the Teen Titans was already wrong, and then there was also Titans, which was pretty much the same team. Right. So, ultimately, what we're referring to is how the Judas Contract story gets resolved in traditionally in the comics has gotten resolved traditionally in Teen Titans centric media but in this particular story it is resolved very differently right which as you were saying uh it's 70 might have been uh intentional on their part because it's kind of well worn sure and as you said and as you also said you know has a fairly recent iteration of right. that, that um story Right. Bear in mind, the story is 35 plus years old, and there's plenty of reference material out there for people to peruse when it comes to finding out what the uh, <laughs> ultimate resolution of the story is. But as as Rodicat mentioned, we're literally coming off of a relatively recent animated uh, DC movie within the last two years, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't yeah. see it when it first came out. I know that it was running on Hulu up until recently. I don't know if it still is, but um, I only knew because I only found out it was on Hulu because I only recently gained access to Hulu. So uh, that being said, uh, that you know that that's a that that's probably the most recent. But for um, many of us and many. Even children, they may have come up reading, um, or or even teenagers, they may have come up watching um, the Teen Titans cartoon, mm-hmm. and sto- the the story's right there. Yeah, or even uh, granted, this was a very very loose interpretation that was in Teen Titans Go, um, and it was it was kind of making you know obviously it was a parody show, so it was kind of making fun of certain aspects, but still, they alluded to it on that show, but. Uh, so yeah, there was that. But oh, the thing I didn't mention to you earlier was, I I found it funny that uh, once again, uh, Kari Payton passed the torch to himself. With with that with that story, which that was the whole thing. That was the other thing that always that, that kind of that was kind of crazy about this season. I was like, wait, so the last season, uh, you had it to where there were secrets about. The makeup of the team and there and a secret operations going on, so you just turn around and do the exact same thing on a bigger scale, and thinking it was like, oh, you well, we just did it to protect you guys, and you know we didn't think you know we didn't think something happened except for that happened last season, and people found out. In fact, well, yeah, yeah. In fact, people almost widely found out. So I was like, why would you do that again? And I thought it was cool to see like. Calder as the head of the Justice League, but I also thought that was really strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the co-chair of Wonder Woman, and and again, who ends up being 
the chair going into the next season. That's also a weird one, and also voiced by Kari Payton. So that was also funny. But that was like there were some weird choices that they made. That was like, huh? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what to, what to think about. It was cool, but it was like that was weird. I mean, even though part of it was like okay, in service of you know, if you think about it, I was like I guess this some of this was in service of whatever secret missions they were they were doing in the background and you know coming from back. I was like, well, clearly he could keep a secret and he knows how to run a team, so <laughs> we can put him in in this spot. As um, you know, we could put him in the, the inner circle. Oh, no, I'm here. Oh, okay, no worries. Here. Just one second. Just uh, my video feed cut out because I had to just make some quick adjustments. No biggie. Right, but I those watching the video can see this wonderful shot of Agent Seventy in a stoic pose. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's that's pretty much that if you haven't uh well if you have dc universe then yeah you will you will may or may not um, catch up on it but overall it was still good i'm kind of curious as to what they're going to do next next season that one episode they had where uh wally came back was was kind of touching um i don't want to say out of the blue because i I'd imagine they wanted to have that closure in there at some point but it was like huh because i know there was a thread of it kind of going through this like there was like two or three different B plots, B probably B and C plots going through the whole season, which like like uh, Agent Seventy and I were kind of talking about behind the scenes. Like I don't know how they're going to resolve this, or if they were going to resolve this. One of those being the the um, Jesus contract one, you know, going into the next season. But they kind of wrapped up a lot of that stuff in some right, which was which was surprising because uh, the Judas contract story could definitely definitely have sat until yeah. the next season mm-hmm. and laid in the weeds, literally. Uh, waiting to strike, and it was just odd that that was basically used up kind of as a throwaway. And weirdly and, enough, still some of the threads are there. Well, in a certain way, some of the threads are away because there's one thread that of that being the bad guys, you know, and, and their things that are still going behind the scenes. Now, yeah, the whole thread of uh, Judas contract is pretty much a done deal, but there's still like a I mean, there's all yeah. I was about to say there's there there's the whole. Uh, I mean, there, there's the whole revenge for trying to put someone into our rank story, right? But um, you know, that's generally that's generally the 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 uh, the, 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 the 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 over uh, the umbrella story of um, the young justice against the light. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're we're all going to see where they go with this. We'll see what other stories. Um, they create to move this along. I don't know if they're going to go beyond the fourth season, though. Well, yeah, I was about to say, well, because we do know they're doing the fourth season. I would imagine if we start seeing them kind of wrap up the the, the the light, then, yeah, we can probably say that this is probably going to be it. And I would I assume they're going to get a chance to do it cleanly, hopefully. Because I don't know how long they had planned to, to go with Young Justice. Uh we know, you know, we knew before season three was a thing that, like, hey, they had season three plans. We didn't know about season four up until they announced season four was a thing that they were working on. Right. So, I don't know. They could possibly do a five season, and that, but if that's the case, then that would be a solid run. But if they get through four and end it there, that's all right. You know, I, I don't think, I, I don't suspect at this point they're going to get too much more than maybe the next season. Sure. 
uh, and that's only because like, like I, you know, I feel like things behind the scenes are probably not going to let it let it happen the way things couldn't happen back. Especially then. being on DC Universe. Well, exactly. With mm-hmm. yeah, with that. that being the main driving force of a lot of things that we're probably going to see happen with uh, DC related television. Yeah, so that that which yeah, which is what I was thinking. So who knows on that point? But anyway, let's get back to the comics rule um, uh, and the way from Young Justice because I think we've spent that one. Um, what did we say? King Thor. Sure, King Thor number one. Um, I'll let you take the lead on that one. Sure, I mean the cover itself. And for and for and for folks who have not seen the cover of uh, King Thor number one out this week, um, reminds us that we have been following Jason Aaron's Thor epic for seven years, which is incredible in today's comics. Yeah, sadly, it is. But if you think about it, yeah. Uh, the Simonson run didn't 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 last this long. Many runs don't last this long. We're talking not quite Claremont level, but we're you know we're getting you know we're we're we're, we're getting into uh, a, uh, not the same conversation, but uh, something very close to it. I mean, true, but the difference being is that well, one, um, this is consecutive. You know, well, despite, you know, the, minus all the, the restarts, which kind of, you know, for whatever dumb reason. Which really only messes with numbering. But yeah, yeah exactly. Um, oh, I was about to say, you're, uh, you got a ghost in your room. But No, um, that, is a, no that is the wind. The weather, <laughs> the weather pattern here in New York has changed drastically over the course of uh, several hours. That's good, uh, I think. Well, it's just it's it's cool and windy now, and okay, that's good then. because it was warm. Uh, it was a warm day today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it sure it was. Even down here, but anyway. Um, um. So yeah, but but my point real quick was that um, back in the day, yeah, we had it was we had one volume that was kept on going, kept on going. Like the Simonson run was in the middle of at least the same volume as opposed to what we get now is like different volumes and you know whatnot and and it changed hands consecutively with like one creative team to another and just kept on going with numbering 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 you know right as opposed to how it's done now right so you know that you know despite the the stopping and starting nature of comics and new number ones you know that's what we're referring to um for some good reasons you know especially with uh jane foster thor kind of needing a clean break um from what had come before you know we understand that but you know at least from a marketing standpoint uh what of, I, but at the same time they used to do that kind of stuff around because they didn't change much when like say Throg was in the book, you know that little section where where Throg had an arc. Right, but also relaunching, yeah, exactly. Relaunching was, was you know, wasn't a, a common thing back then. Right. Uh, what what I was going to, to say is this is the culmination of a seven year long story that started with parallel stories being told in the Thor book um, with the same creative team, Jason Aaron on scripts and Isad Ribic on art. 
and uh, it involved the the King Thor future storyline, and we're actually seeing the King Thor storyline um, having a its own dedicated book and its own uh, wrap up. And it's actually you know it, it, it's pretty impressive that uh, if you've been on this train for as long as I have, and if you've been reading it from its inception. It's impressive that we've gotten to this point and we've seen so much about the character change and um, the evolution of the character specifically. Uh, well, not even not even related to the character's changes in the MCU, but uh, in just... We've seen King Thor type stories before. And to see this particular uh, way uh, to have... Um, time actually pass. You know, obviously, you you know, it, it's a it, it's a comic book trope to you know, to see a character, you know, millions or even billions of years later. Um, it, it, you know that that's something that we would see in comics, but to see uh, how the character has evolved over time, and you know, with the benefit of time travel, kind of go back and teach his younger self, hey. You, you know, there, there, there's certain ways of being and doing that you can, uh, you know, that you can uh, learn from my, mis- you know, that you can learn through my mistakes. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's it, it's pretty cool. So ultimately, what we have in this issue is um, what's happening at the end of time for this universe specifically. And we have the return of a character we thought long gone. <laughs> and, you know, thanks to comics, we can see that. Right. You know, not trying to spoil everything here for you folks. No, but... honestly, basically what you've said in the beginning of this and the cover itself pretty much gave. I mean, if you thought, if you thought about it a certain way, you can kind of see the steps of A to B going to, oh, this person showing, showing back up. Mm hmm. So, which honestly kind of threw me. Well, I haven't. I'm not up on the throw stuff, but even I was like, "Huh, uh, they've thrown this person's name around enough in this issue to where something was going to have to happen." And sure enough, it did. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was a a thing here. Although it, the weirdest thing for me about this one is like, if it wasn't for that reveal at the end, this almost seemed like this could have been a one and done. Like I know this, it wasn't set up that way, but it's like the way things kind of just progressed and mm-hmm. got into this the to a, the certain point of um, the issue before the reveal. It's like shoot, if you just went ahead and be like, hey, well, this, and that's into the story, and this was like an epilogue type situation. It would have it would have worked out that way, and I'm like, all right, cool, that's it. <laughs> right. Although they wouldn't have set it up just for just for like one issue though. And it wouldn't have been just a regular size issue if that, if that were going to do that, I'm sure. Yeah, this is definitely. Uh, I I definitely see where you're where, where you went with that. Uh, you could see this as a as you said a giant sized one shot, but not as a regular sized issue. So, um, you know, I thought it was uh, an interesting way to bring the character back, mm-hmm. considering the supposed the supposed state of the future. Right, and I, I know you, having read through all of that stuff, knows, um, you know... Well, knows they, they, what I was going to say is they establish something at this point that the pantheons 
of gods have all gone away as well. Well, yeah, and I that, mean that part aside, right. but I meant with the with the status of the person who shows up at the end. Right. So that's that's why it's uh, th- that's why it's uh, kind of interesting that uh, this particular um, this particular development happened, uh, considering what we're supposed to think as the end of uh, you know the end of the uh, the universe. So, but um, it's listen. It's really nice to see Rubik back on the book. Um, the the art is killer, and there's actually a pretty graphic um, interpretation of what happens in the book. You know, a particular um, hmm. act of violence, let's yeah. say. Yeah, which and interesting. You know, your 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 uh, your your knowledge. Obviously, Asgardian god anatomy is might yeah, be yeah. That's usually but, not how how bodies work, but but um, it's interesting. You know your your uh, your biology in your human anatomy uh, courses um, teach you a certain length of a certain organ, and that is put to the test in this issue. Mm. Some would argue taken out, but and I'm like, wait, that's even if that was the case, you can't really function for long with it. You know, <clears throat> but then again, given how the story went, I don't, I don't think that was going to be that much of an issue, right? So, um, and I, which goes back to um, a point that I was going to make, and it's like this is, as I've said this term before, uh, Aaron kind of putting some of his toys away. That that he is because because I, I know there was some stuff that we talked about that got dealt with. Uh, that was his, that that was their creative team's doing that was created by this creative team and one of which has been pretty much well actually well yeah so that's going to be that's going to be curious for the next story that that we talk about because now that I think about it although this is in the future so no it doesn't never mind but um I was going to say this is just the you know the they're the the three thors that Aaron's story kind of revolved around over the course of his arc or his run on the book um we, you know, we obviously have present day, we have past, and it's kind of nice that they're giving future Thor space of his own to have his resolution. So sure, but no, I was thinking about something that would have affected uh, another book that we were about to talk about, but it actually doesn't because it's what? two different time frames. Oh, Punisher Kill Crew? No, I'm kidding. No, actually, no. <laughs> uh, also, there was a note I, I, I noticed that. Um, so King Thor has three granddaughters. Uh, and they're in this book also, and, and I assume they came out through that they were created through this this over the course of the story, yeah, right. Yeah, um, one of them, and one of them has Stormbreaker. I noticed, and mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here, and I saw that, and I was like, "Where's Bill? What happened to Bill? What do you do? What do y'all do to Bill?" So, <laughs> Along with everyone else, we kind of have an idea. So, well, yeah, but I was like, "Oh no!" I was, that, that, was, that had me thinking. I was like, "Wait, what? What was his final fate? What happened to Bill? I don't, I don't like this." <laughs> mm-hmm. But nevertheless, you know, it, was, it is what it is on that. Um. So yeah, that's King Thor. Unless you got something else, nope. Uh, I want to pivot over to Loki number three. Loki, Loki number three. So I know you have not read this. I have not. And and actually, I should probably take a gander at what Dirt Scott just in case he doesn't have anything uh, Marvel anyway. So it doesn't. Oh yes, he does. But 
nothing we've talked about. Um, so yeah, there is a interesting tie to the King Thor book, uh, or at the very least, what it seems like. And uh, without spoiling, I really want you to read this issue, okay? Uh, and see if you got the same sense than I did. So at the end of the last issue, we found out that um, I will go ahead and say this part. Uh, it's kind of a spoiler, but it kind of isn't because uh, I think I may have mentioned it. But so Loki ends up in a certain part of the library in Omnipotent City. Um, and I said this uh, in passing the last time. It's called the House of Ideas. Mm-hmm. So if you know any of your Marvel history, you know what that particular phrase means. And boy, do they really play on that in this issue, which is kind of interesting. Um, I'm not going to say how, but they do. And it's kind of amusing. And they even also... Um, so there, uh, there is a certain question that sometimes we have where you see characters in multiple places in the universe... And in a very kind of slight way, and I don't know if this was intentional, they may have addressed that in this issue. Which is is kind of amusing to me. Um, And I enjoyed reading this for that part of it. Uh, The other part of it has to do with Nightmare, and that's that's less of a point. And a potentially developing thing with um, the Golem, Frosty, that um, Loki has uh, has put in his place uh, in back in Jotunheim, and that's going to surely come up with something the way that the way it's looking if this uh, book is allowed to to live. But um, and actually, there is something about that particular even aspect that kind of gets alluded to in the course of this issue, which I think would make would makes this a pretty interesting read. I'm like, I didn't. That's that was the thing I didn't think about before. Well, one, this whole omnipotent city happened, and two, this part of the library that is arguably blatant <laughs> and a blatant allusion to actual things. Okay. Um, and I, that's all I pretty much say about that. But I enjoyed reading it. It was it was a uh, uh, I I had a smile on my face reading it because it was like, huh, okay, cool. Um, and the only other thing that happened is like, well, Loki's got a test in front of him, and we'll see how if he's, uh... Well, I think, I don't know if that was it, or that was just the first trial of many, or that that was it, and we're going to go from here. But let's just say that, yeah, there's there's some things that might play into the King Thor part of it in a not direct way. Alright. I will say that. So, moving right along... Um, where do you, oh, I guess you want to get to um, Powers of X? Yes, we should. Yeah, sure. So this Excuse is the, Powers of 10, yeah, number so, 4, so Powers of X. This is a, a kind of a, a step back from the action that we've seen in House of X over the last two weeks. So um, we are reintroduced to a particular X-Men character, Mr. <laughs> Sinister. He's never been this flamboyant. Yes, I was going to admit. Yes, I was like, this is so I can have my notes. And now for a bit of silliness, I mean sinister, because yeah, because he was totally flamboyant in this issue, as you said, and that was that's uh, 
it was amusing to me. I was like, oh, okay, so Hickman's just gonna gonna step back and have a little fun. <laughs> While also, you know, going along with a little bit more exposition in the form right. of storytelling, in the form of story. He definitely drops big hints that Sinister plays a big role in the story, mm-hmm. according to, of all things, Which he has a column. Yes, I like that. The, so did, so I know you, you probably did the same thing. It was like, okay, well, this is... So there's this particular page in the issue that is just, you know, text that's made up almost like solicitations, sort of, without without my creative thing. So you basically get... Um, uh, you know the the um i don't know what they call them but you know you when you when you see um what they talk about in the issue the current issue yeah uh when they're when you're when you're like on comicsology or something like that it's kind of a page that's set up with a, a series of those and i can't okay. remember what the name of what, what that's called and and that's yeah i mean essentially what these are are they're kind of like solicitations well and- yeah you know it's a summary of them, you know, and what it is are what they are, are hints that uh, of what's to come in the story. And you have to uh, take, you know, take all this with a grain of salt, obviously. But having come to this point in the story, you know, now that we're in the back half, we'll see how many of these uh, really play out. So um, it's it's a pretty interesting storytelling tactic from uh Hickman's, you know, from Hickman's perspective, mm-hmm. uh, that was a big chunk of the book, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the post uh, scene with uh, Xavier, Magneto, and Sinister. Mm-hmm. That was a big, you know, that, that was, a, I guess, the most efficient way of telling this particular part of the story. Right, because we knew he was involved, so and that was the case. We, what we did not see is how he got involved, and this is kind of going the length to right. start that or, or at least give the beginnings of that. Explain, exactly. Explain one stage of that. So, right. And that's really what this is. There's stages. Uh, we get to the current stage of the Powers of Ten book um, or at least the, 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 the in, in, in more recent um, in a more recent timeline that, that only involves months um, we see how the Krakoa network uh, essentially was formed Right. So, yeah, so we basically got two different sides of uh, a part of a thing or a part of the history um, start to be explained in this issue. And we also have the future narrative that we still have yet to fully comprehend, but involves the phalanx. Right. But you well, yeah, that part aside, you can kind of see where some of the stuff that's been touched on in the past especially with the future stuff kind of come into being and this is and I, I'd imagine that is a part of that which we have seen some of but to a lesser degree than some of the other stuff I believe I may I might have been missing something um, that will probably come into play a little bit more as as um, things go by because like right. pretty much everything in the books is stuff that's been already already kind of touched upon we just didn't know how it happened right and this so, is probably no exception, but we might, may or may not be missing something with that with that part. All right, we are in the home stretch now. There's only four issues left of these two companion series, so <laughs> House of X number five is out next week, and we shall see what happens to the 
supposed current day X-Men. Right. When I say supposed, um, there's several reasons why. Mm-hmm. That going back to last, uh, if, if I get what you're putting down, going back to right. last and going back to the, and, and going into this issue as well, dealing with why they recruit and 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 the point of recruiting Sinister in the first place, right? And also may have possibly answered the questions that I had on a specific person that shows up in the future that may or may not have been dealt with last uh, with uh, House of X last week. Okay. So, I, I don't know if that's actually the case or not, but you know, it, it, it kind of felt like it could have been the case to me. Um, so that being said, yeah, this that uh, the, the House of Powers of uh, X thing keeps on trolling. Mm. Excuse me, rolling, not trolling. That's not, yeah, it could be kind of a troll, but we're not <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, What's next? So let's see. Well, you throw it one out. Yeah, we've read a decent number of books this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually a pretty, uh, pretty big, big week of books. So let's see. How about uh, the penultimate issue of this run of Doctor Strange? Yeah, that book. I'm going to go. I'm going to continue my assertions, uh, as you may or may not agree with me. That if they had finished this book in the and and, and I don't say that they should have finished it. Uh, in the last issue, because let's face it, I would like to believe they had some. Somebody should have had some stuff to kind of keep going, but that's just bias. If they had finished the last couple of issues, that would have been perfectly fine with me. Obviously, this one is kind of leading up to the. This is leading up to the final issue next thing, but it was a kind of a weird pivot, given where we came from to this. It's even with last issue. At that, and that was a kind of kind of a pivot on its own. This is definitely a weird development for the character, given that we we have a little bit of inside baseball knowledge because we know that this is ending with the next issue, right? But at the same time, the setup for a pretty good story in the last issue is there. What happens in this issue is a pretty big change to Doctor Strange, but we know that because it's due to magic, there may be a price to be paid. Uh, for the magic being invoked, not just the fact that there was a chance this uh, particular act of magic would have backfired spectacularly or had a chance to backfire spectacularly. Or still could. So we shall see how this develops in the upcoming final issue of the the book. The thing that was... the thing that was weird, because I'm trying not to say strange, because, <laughs> but the thing that was weird to me about this issue is like, so if you read this issue and know anything about the origins of Doctor Strange and what he was hoping to accomplish in his origin before his origin actually kind of got out of command, you would, and even I believe has been said in passing, maybe it may or maybe it, uh, not, you know, in a book or two, that this would not have seemed possible. Uh, once upon a time, but apparently, here it is, and some would argue all this time. Of, although it, it, you know, obviously it's at the best of whoever the creator is at the time and whatever they want to do with them. That's beside the point, right? So there was a one particular thing that that um that Stephen Strange is, it's kind of core to the origin, right? Lost and 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 um has wanted secretly and not so secretly 
throughout his whole, you know, his whole being as Doctor Strange, um, just happened to get undone. But as Agent Seven said, like, yeah, clearly there's a price to this, and I feel like it, this, um, with the with another uh, um, uh, deal that he made a couple of issues back that I think probably has been resolved regardless, but he's made some questionable decisions in the last few, few issues, you know, hastily, I would argue. Mm-hmm. I mean, for good reasons, but still hastily done. Now, whether those are going to come back and just be like, well, in the next issue and be like, Hey, here's all this cropped up and here's the price. You know, that will remain to be seen. I, I don't feel confident in that, and that's going to stick that landing, but you know, we don't know. Because we we're we don't know what's going to happen in this next issue, right? This was definitely a curveball. Mm-hmm. This was definitely a curveball that weighed through us. Um, in you know, as I mentioned, in you know, especially for those of us with the uh, with the knowledge that this book is ending and in this volume of the book is ending in the next issue. So to see this happen, you know, at least will bring us back for the last issue, right? Um, I am happy to see that uh, um, in the last page or after the last page that someone will be returning that I would I'm happy to see again now for, for what of a reason that person is coming back well we know a reason why this person would come back but I figured that would have been something that had been dealt with before now right and you know mild spoilers it's a character we were introduced to here in this volume That's so correct. it makes sense that uh, we would have some sort of resolution to their story uh before this book uh transitions into whatever incarnation of Doctor Strange we see next. If yeah, if and or when that whatever happens. I, I said this in my notes and I don't think it is going to happen, but if this particular character ends up taking the mantle up, even though I know it wouldn't last for that long, I wouldn't be surprised. I I mean, well, I mean I would be surprised if they did it, one. And I wouldn't mind seeing it, two. That's just me. I'm probably in the minority on that one. So, anyway. We'd be different. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but I would say welcome if they do it right. Um, especially with what's been established in this uh, in this volume. You know, with some of the mechanics that's been introduced in this article. And in, in this uh, in volume. Anywho, that is Doctor Strange number 19. We'll, yeah, we'll see, I guess, what, two weeks, right? I think this has been coming out. I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure anymore now because I think it was coming out bi-weekly at one point. Uh, but anyway, uh, whenever it comes out. Um, you want to hear some spider books? Yeah, sure. We'll get a couple of spider books and probably go rapid fire after that. Okay. And we'll get to uh, some of what Dirt has, which I'm slightly shocked that he read at least one of these. Don't ask me why. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 29 is our next book. So, the only thing I really have in, in my notes outside of, well, the only thing I really have in my notes is pretty much a non-secular for my own benefit because I don't, I'm pretty certain not many people think about this as much as I have, especially within the last couple of years. Especially with the interest of Fiverr for some reason, but regardless... It is a thing, and I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but that being the case, so 
I think we pretty much as well established that there have been things in Peter's life that's pretty cyclical, cyclical, cyclical. Yes, cyclical. Yes. Uh, and this particular issue kind of plays on that. Not only plays on it, but it just pretty much goes by the numbers. But at least they're aware of it. They acknowledge it. Right. It's definitely. Uh, yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it's definitely a tongue-in-cheek look at what has come before and what's sure to keep coming. Mm-hmm. So you know, Peter. He is, you know, and especially with his relation with Mary Jane specifically, which is the crux of this. Um, the crux of this issue. So, you know, we know that Mary Jane's got this new thing and this, uh, and it, again, we've seen this before. This is, this is not a thing that hasn't, you know, sh- shocked enough. You know, this has happened before. Uh, you know, Mary Jane gets a thing. She goes off to p- pursue her career. P- Peter, you know, helpful, but it also means that they're not going well, to We are be... deep in late 80s Spider-Man here. Right, exactly. So, you know, there are some folks who may not know that part, but, re- you know, but regardless... It is still has come up and it, you know, fairly constantly comes up, um, you know. But anyway, a thing happens. They kind of have to be apart for some other reason. Peter worries as he tends to do. He goes to May and talks to her, and there's this whole, you know. And then something comes up to where Spider Man gets in, in the way. And the matter of fact, we have seen this, you know, constantly even recently in this very book, to where, especially um, what, what was it twenty five when the whole ball ball of wax started with um. Mary Jane, like he was supposed to meet her, but didn't, and then she ends up going to um, a thing with a, another friend of her who shows up in this book also. And then you know, Peter can't be there because he's off being Spider Man, and they, you know, and and he, things kind of rinse washing. It's repeat. part of it's, but it's also part of an uh, an evolution to both the Mary Jane character mm-hmm. and friends and relatives and loved ones of superheroes in the in, in the Marvel universe as a whole mm-hmm. where there's a little bit of a modernization of the attitude towards you know superheroism in that a lot of the you know and and something that has come up in the Spencer book and something that has come up in other books where a lot of the supporting characters who were traditionally against the uh, the superheroes putting themselves into harm's way for other people and and, and doing what they do, the, the, it, it's an evolution in their attitudes towards it, and whether or not it's you know just sort of uh, I w- I don't want to say accepted but at least tolerated. Right, they put up with it. It's yeah. how they it's how they cope with it is mm-hmm. is what we've actually come to uh, we've come to in this book now, and that's specifically something that. Uh, Mary Jane has dealt with um, with a support group that has uh, emerged in the pages of uh, Amazing over the last several issues. So, right, yeah, I think they even footnoted um, uh, one particular, uh, I guess, iteration of that group. Um, right, they've it, it, yeah, they've no, yeah, they've they've appeared. So, right. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to Francesco Mana, the artist on this book, who I don't know if we've seen too much of his art in the past, but it was solid work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely got backgrounds in it. Uh, that is a uh, direct shot taken, direct shot taken 
at the regular artist on this book, um, <laughs> whose name I can't even remember. I just know that he's not so big on background. So, um, is it Ryan Notley? Yes, Ryan Otley. Shots fired. I know you're not particular about him being, I mean, him, his particular art style on this book. It's not appealing to the eye, or at least to my eye. Right. So, but I, I definitely liked uh, the art in this book in general. I thought it was really solid. Um, I thought that it was a nice meld of, uh, there's actually, I, from what I saw in this, a, a decent amount of um, uh, Bagley's art in uh, the Ultimate series. There, there was definitely hints of that, but definitely a, a solid comic book uh, uh, sensibility. Um, speaking of comic sensibilities, something that you mentioned in your notes is that, um, and, and, and when I read this, I, I hear Martin Lawrence as Marcus Burnett in the first Bad Boys say this character's name in my head. Funny you should bring, funny you should bring that up, but go ahead. Why is that? Because I just saw the um, the Bad Boys Three trailer fairly recently. Okay, so in my head, I hear I hear this particular name being exclaimed, like shouted, and Mike Lowry. Uh, no, but you know, it's just a pretty it's a pretty funny you know because uh, because of uh, some of the things that happened in that movie, you hear this name exclaimed, and uh, Martin Lawrence's character has to come up with explanations very quickly, right, and. Uh, this character that appears in this book, uh, I guess you had forgotten about. Uh, we last saw in Friendly Neighborhood, I believe. Or was it this book at the end of Craven, the, the Craven Hunt? Could be. I think Could it was. Be. I, remember, I remember her more for uh, what was happening. Oh, you're talking about her. Oh, so, so Peter's sister bro- shows up in this book. And I totally forgot about her, period. Um, ah. Um... Not in this volume of Friendly Neighborhood, the previous uh no no the yeah the, the previous volume of Friendly Neighborhood, what, right. what what is now um what's it called now? The uh the Tom Taylor book? Friendly Neighborhood. Oh, is it? Yeah. What am I what am I remembering? Is it sensational? Yeah. Maybe. Probably it might be sensational. Maybe. I mean there was a there there was a um there was a book that was uh, basically uh, finished off, and Friendly Neighborhood came in its wake. So, right. um, uh, um, yeah, I totally character forgot. came up. Yeah, right. I totally forgot that big part of it, big part of the story. Wait, yeah, because she was intro- introduced in that one, right? No, she's been around for a long time, but it was confirmed in that sensational story that. Oh. Uh, uh, that the relation was in fact true. Right. You know, what, what we had all assumed was that uh, it wasn't, um, that it was just a, you know, a big uh, cover story, right. you know. But yeah, I was like, oh, like, I remember hearing about it and I don't think I ever actually read it or any of it, but I did some, you know, obviously did the, the I looked up on the wiki for, for her and I was like, oh yeah, right. I do remember hearing about that, but I don't remember that being the case then the thing that kind of threw me th- messed, messed me well not messed me up but the thing that kind of threw me off about it was like when she came in uh, i was, was spectacular i apologize it, okay, was, so a, it, was... it was the latest yeah it was the latest <clears throat> volume of spectacular spider-man okay so she's not far from right okay from from being around 
So yeah, um, so Peter's sister came in just out, out the, oh, we guess relatively out the blue. We don't know. I mean, obviously, it was for a reason. But Aunt May was there, and for some, and I was like, well, wait, if it's Peter's sister, why is he not calling her Aunt May? Like she asked if that is indeed her actual aunt. Um, which I think there was something that was said in the story that Peter introduced him to, but not really told him the whole story. So I don't know if, if so does Aunt May know if that's her actually her. I don't know. That that part was kind of confusing to me, and that's only because there was stuff I did not know about past dealings. Right. Um. But she apparently knew it, and I would think she would know her own niece. I don't know. It's but okay. regardless, that I don't know that 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 whole that whole exchange was kind of weird because it was like because Aunt May was like, "Just call me Aunt May." Everybody does. I'm like, "Well, yeah, but that's you're you're actually her aunt." <laughs> So right, but as yeah, but but yeah, this is tracking back to uh, what happened in Spectacular, right? So yeah, so like I said, and that just kind of plays on my ignorance of what actually happened uh, back then. So yeah, but overall, that like I said, it was a it was a it was a nice story, and uh, I think as you might have said in your notes about the end of it, um, right? Like, so we find, yeah, what we find out is that. Uh, Peter had something planned for Mary Jane, uh, but you know that, that that he would have done, but for uh, Teresa, his sister. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's, and that's his, that's, his that's, overwhelming sense of responsibility. Right. Um, God forbid that somebody uh, dies on his watch. You know, that's something that is well established about the character. So, um, Essentially, something happened. Something would have happened. Something he had something planned, and that may have been a very different turn for this story. But at the same time, it's also happened in the vein of, like I said earlier, you know, the cyclical nature of uh, Mary Jane and, and and Peter's relationship. It was kind of going to go this way without that wrinkle being the case, regardless. Like there was always going to be a misconnection. And that's pretty much what happened, except for they were already connected. But you know what I'm saying, right? So, but yeah, there's there's that implication is still, which also kind of has me. Well, no, it exactly doesn't because there's a there was a solicitation for something that we know is coming, um, but I suspect that's not what we what I what it seems to be. You put it that way, and that will have to do with another book that we'll probably talk about uh, that we can talk about this week, but something in the future of that book i guess or in the future of uh amazing i think i can't remember regardless we'll get to that when we get to that right um but yeah flipping through this you know mm-hmm. i'm just, i'm literally just flipping through this now i'm like wow backgrounds it's a wonderful thing <laughs> you know uh, who needs pesky backgrounds so who who needs to know where you are at all times Blah. In a story. I understand being <laughs> I understand being economical, especially with um, with with uh, artist time and effort. Uh, you know, I I don't know specifically if this artist renders um, his work digitally or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I know a lot of artists cheat now because they have pre they have preset settings for like cityscapes and whatnot. But it's hard to tell whether or not. Uh, this artist employs that, but it's still nice to see a little bit of effort in a background. It just Shots is fired. Yeah, seriously. 
Um, so let us move on from that shot to um, it's a celebration. That being Miles Morales's uh, 250th issue, and that in the the is um, Miles Morales Spider-Man number 10. We're talking, which about. is scary. I'm like. They've had 250 issues with this guy? Holy cow! So, a little, little background. I spent the better half of two, maybe uh, one and a half to two literal hours this morning reading uh, the wiki on um, the Ultimate Universe and Miles. Okay. For some reason, some of it I knew, some of it I, you know, I didn't know. Kind of refreshing the memory? Basically, and I have never actually read... You know, even when he uh, appeared, I think I, I'm fairly certain I did not read, I was not reading Ultimate Comics then. It was one of those things where I only picked up Ultimate Fallout, his first appearance, because mm-hmm. I was a regular comic book reader. I think I've read that just because and... I heard of because of what happened in you know. Right, exactly, and I, I, you know, and I made a point of picking up the issue, so that. That is as far as I can tell you about that, that. That's as much as I can tell you about my my uh, my motivation in in picking up the issue. I had understood that um, the Peter Parker of the Ultimate Universe was going to die. Which and there's a funny I, there's a funny thing about that which I read about in, during the course of that research. But right, just hold, I was going to say just hold the thought. Because, oh no, I'm never going to say it. But I'm just saying oh. I'm just saying that piece. Uh, what I was going to mention is I endeavor to catch up on uh, Ultimate Spider-Man back then mm-hmm. because of what was happening. So I uh, obtained copies, obtained copies. I sure. stress the word obtained. You don't have to, but uh, okay. <laughs> you know, that's a hint, hint, and wink, wink. So all, the, point. All, all the listeners and all the viewers out there. I, um, I think Stevie Wonder would have picked up on that one. You know when I when when I say that, so um, maybe the wrong person for that, but whatever. Oh no, oh no, Stevie's a musical genius. I'm not saying I that, know. but no, I'm just saying you know. I know. Yeah, jokes about Stevie. Wonder. I know it was no joke, but I mean, hey, hey, I love me some Stevie Wonder. I ain't gonna let nobody talk. That's what comes to mind. Um, what I was gonna say is, uh, uh, having read, having you know, I, I made a point of catching up on 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 on. Uh, what happened to uh, the ultimate Peter Parker in the lead up to Miles? So I, I distinctly remember the awfulness of that whole ultimatum business, and it, you know this this issue kind of brought that rushing back to me. So the funny part about that part, before you go any further, was that something I, that I have a glancing memory of that happened to him then did not happen the way I thought it did. Okay. Um. Which means that I need to probably. Well, thankfully, I did the research and figured out what what actually happened because I was like, I think I thought this one thing happened and whatever the case may be, but turned out it wasn't necessarily the case. And then something happened to where that was the case before something happened before what actually happened that Miles came in that I thought happened at different at a different time, and then something happened after that, which I was like, really, I don't. Whatever. Okay, sure. Okay. Um. So, like I said, without going. You know, fully into that, and it also also made me go back and because I've the only part about the the Ultimate Universe in general that I've read was like the first couple of the first uh, actual Ultimate book. 
like gotcha. that first six issue run. I think I may have started reading uh, Ultimates two and didn't really get that far in it. There's a lot of shit that happened in that universe. <laughs> Well, yeah, they, yeah. Without without going too far into it, they definitely accelerated a lot of stories, and uh, they they, I believe that they rushed into a lot of stuff. They didn't give it a chance to breathe, but at the same time, you figure they they ultimate they ultimately no pun intended <laughs> knew yeah they ultimately knew that their sales numbers weren't where they needed to be to really keep a lot of those titles going, so they rushed into a lot of the. The, the quote unquote updates to these characters That's really they only only because the only, the reason why I say that is because I lived through seeing a lot of those books canceled and seeing them go away really sure. the only and seeing the and, and seeing the um the, the 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 onset of the volume idea you know like going by volumes right uh, even on the wiki that was like con- that had a contingent on it which it should not have but yeah. You know, specifically speaking of the Ultimates, mm-hmm. speaking of you know that it wasn't an it wasn't a month a monthly ongoing. It was solicited as uh, a limited series, yeah. followed by another limited series. So mm-hmm. it was very, you know, it, 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 in that sense, it was very, uh, you know, again, with no pun intended, limited. So they had a limited amount of space to tell their story, and they didn't exactly plan on it being a monthly, you know, a month-to-month type of thing. And given that there were a lot of delays with a lot of those books as well, mm-hmm. I think they just had to deal with a lot of those limitations. Right, and even with the Ultimate Spider-Man, which had like two volumes, they still kind of uh, in one place still counts it as one volume, even though it's actually two extra comics. They restarted it again, right. but then they did the thing to where they went back and renumbered to, to keep along, which is basically gets us back to this also, because this is technically also where the re- renumbering comes into play. Um, and then they did another renumbering when Miles actually got the book himself. Right. But obviously that, that was a good reason for that because it was, you know, a different character. So to the first couple of volumes, which was kind of sort of set up as looks like one, but it's actually two different volumes was that for that universe's Peter Parker. And then Miles got his book. Um, that all being said, like I said, I at some point, and I, every now and then I've said this, I'm going to have to go back and read some Ultimates. And, and, and I, you know, because some of that stuff's kind of crazy. Uh, but in relation to where it goes in the mouth, we were led under, the, we were under the impression that going into this issue, that there was going to be a big tie into um, Miles and his relationship with the ultimate universe there kind of is but there isn't so um uh it's miles's birthday uh, to, to, to short and quick of it and then you know his family's you know trying to do some things for him and just like peter he kind of has that thing where it's like well especially right, peter shows up in his book gives him a mission but peter apparently did not know that he was kind of um um, he took a he took a hiatus because of what happened to him the last couple of issues. But Peter just kind of came, knocked over some stuff, gave him a mission, and then bounced and, and gave him a card that he found at a bodega. But you know that's a whole other thing. I don't know how big they get cards first, but you would think he could have done better than that. Hey, I don't know how bodegas work. Um, <laughs> hey, this is so Peter Parker. I mean, that is that was exactly that was kind of the takeaway from that. It's a little hard for him to go into uh, the local Walgreens or Dwayne Reed, which is actually uh, kind of funny. You said I'm glad you said that because uh, going back to amazing that Dwayne Reed was brought up for that for the for a similar you know, reason. 
Um, but anyway, what what I was gonna say is, w- with regards to you know what the ultimate no again no pun intended reveal is in this book. Um, it's interesting that some of what happened in Secret Wars is being um, you know kind of undone. Right, because well, or is it? Because well, it's memories. Well, thank you. That's what I was going to get to. Because it's not the yeah, it's not the actual. Being, right, we know the actual undoing. But. Right, we know he's he has a fairly functional knowledge of what happened in Secret Wars. He's alluded to it on a couple of different times. It's before that is where his right. memories have that's, issues. That's my point. It's it's yeah. all of it's all it, it's the memories of the happenings of the Ultimate Universe that. It was all of our understandings that um, had basically been uh, pushed away, but in this issue, are uh, seemingly are coming back to the surface. Right. I, part of me assumed that he actually did know about it, but for some strange reason, kind of kept it under. You know, I mean, obviously that would be hard if he actually knew about it. That would be kind of a hard thing to just kind of brush out to the side. Right, so... especially given the fact that he has both parents intact. Right, and that is a big part of his story. Right. But there was something that let, kind of led me to believe that, well, he kind of knew about all of that. But, you know, that I think that this is kind of making the case that that it may or may not have been the case. And we also get to find out why he has uh, Rio's last name and not uh, JD's. Uh, what we don't get to find out is why JD's got a stupid name, except for the fact that Bendis. Mm. <laughs> Enough said. Oh, and I think going back to another point about the Ultimates comics in itself, I I want to say, I'm not going to say that that's what's undone it, because he obviously, Bendis was not doing everything for that line, even though that was his baby. Um, I, I feel like some of that was probably done in by him, by stuff that he's done. Because I do remember him saying, like, hey, if we had to do xyz like a crossover between 616 and that then it's over with and he ended up doing that with another thing that gets brought up in this book um because if you did not know there uh was well at this point two um not counting spider-verse and stuff like that there are two team-ups with miles um miniseries with miles and, and peter called spider-men Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure well, both of them were done by Bendis. Bendis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think one of the endings, and I still have yet to read either, read either one, but basically one of the things that came out of this book was like, well, since Miles came from another book, uh, another universe, surely there was a Miles Morales in this particular 616 right, universe. Counterpart. Yes. And... Uh, that person apparently came back up in uh, Spider-Man 2. I don't know, but I did yeah. some reading on that and, yes. and found that out. And he shows up in this book. Yes, that is where this character has been sourced from. And uh, I don't know if we've discussed this too much. I know I've read a little bit about it. Uh, Miles's uh, rogues gallery is still being built. Right. In this universe, at least. And it's right, because he's still using kind of some of Peter's old, or, or some of Peter's gallery's or rogues gallery in a sense. Right, and it's interesting that they are building up Miles's uh, rogues gallery with some characters from the Ultimate Universe. Right, and um, 
it's it's funny that this comes into play in this issue. Um, the counterpart, uh, the the Miles Morales counterpart that's in this issue, um, and I'm gonna ring the spoiler bell because this is where the tease comes in. <laughs> Right, so we've been teased up until this point that uh, the Ultimate Universe was going to have a, a large impact on Miles' story going forward and uh, elements of it at least. Although I think it was teased that the entire Ultimate Universe was going to be... That's what uh, we kind of alluded to, right. Right, was going to be uh, you know, kind of uh, made a part of his story you know, again. And that may still be the case. That may still be the case, given what we find out in this issue, uh, in that the uh, Miles Morales of the 616 seems to have appropriated several items from the Ultimate Universe. Right. And when I saw some of this before the reveal, it was like, wait, why are these characters even here? Like, one of them you could almost see, but this other one, as I recall, as I don't remember didn't really have much to do with, like, he was definitely a part of the Ultimates. Or at least the original character was definitely a part of the Ultimates, but I don't think it had much to do with Miles. Like, ever. So, it was kind of weird to see, until the reveal, see that person show up, and then right. to have a couple other items that, you know, he had. Right. The only clue, the only clue was subtle art features. Right. To it, but, like, clue. yeah, but but, didn't zoom in. I mean, we're we're, we're lucky to be able to zoom in, well, but yeah. <laughs> um, but if you didn't focus on a particular uh, feature that was a clue, there then you definitely fell for uh, the bait and switch. Or if you did not have a well, one it's been like good ten years or whatever. It's actually probably been more than that. But regardless, it's been some number of years, and you did not have a knowledge, a working knowledge of the original character's features mm-hmm. because even then like you could have put almost anybody you know minus skin tone or whatever and been like oh yeah this is that is that person you know right. to personally because like it's been a while and i don't remember what that person even looked like and i didn't really didn't know what this person looked like because i hadn't read the two stories he came out of so there was that so yeah, we don't know um, the, the, what, whatever the implications going forward is of this is going to end up be. We do see the where Miles is apparently having flashes of uh, his old life. Mm-hmm. Where wherever that's going to come into play, we don't necessarily know. But for an anniversary issue, that's could be starting up something potentially big. Um. Well, and the only other thing it kind of kind of says because something we kind of already know is like there was rumors that way they wanted to start up uh, the Ultimates, the Ultimate Universe again, and uh, I guess this could go a little bit of a ways to in doing that. Even though we know that, well, we have an idea that the universe didn't get outright killed off in Secret Wars because we have seen characters from that universe kind of come in at different times so we knew that at least there were some people and as a matter of fact in the last volume of Ultimates uh, the Ultimates team uh, the original Ultimates team or parts of the original Ultimates team kind of showed up so we knew there was you know some parts of it was still around right 
Um, and with this, that could still be the case of whether they maybe could be doing that. We don't know if that's going to be the thing that's going to happen. More importantly, why that would happen at this point. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see if that turns out to be something. And I think we have spent a lot of time on that one too. <laughs> well, just to, just just as a quick aside, um, there is a review of the very brief origin of Starling at the end of this issue. Oh, right. Yes. And uh, the only thing I had to say of note, the only thing I noted was that it's weird hearing the Vulture's voice, Adrian Toomes' voice so soon in this, you know, his voice saying the things that he says in this story so soon after um, the... um, the 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 version of the vulture that we saw in the the hunt uh storyline uh in amazing sure you know you know how he uh kind of uh sacrifices the gibbon for uh for his own sake you know what to be you honest, know I have, right to be honest i forgot about all that and just defaulted to michael keaton in, in homecoming i see because that is pretty much a direct tie i mean a, a, a direct link here to that which right I'm not, you know, we we do know their the books have been taking cues from the MCU, so right. that's you know, it is what it is on that one. Right. I yeah, only because I I I, I my my reference was from uh, the most recent comic inter- iteration, so oh, which would make sense. But yeah, like I, said, I yeah. totally gloss over that part. So it was weird. It was weird. Like I said, it was just weird to hear. I'm just like, wait a second, that's not the vulture I remember just reading. Right. Like he's talking totally. But yeah, I mean, I would like you would think that hey when he's business in business mode he would be talking different than who would he would be talking right other, you know <laughs> poor Kevin <laughs> yeah um yeah, well uh, no friend over spilt Gibbon um but yeah the, so the B story was what it was so we knew I guess we were bound to get something on that at some point it was just kind of weird to see in this issue but so but maybe there's going to be a tying of the two things or something I mean, to in in a real sense, they treated this like an anniversary issue. So, yeah. you know, it was a solid backup for a, a book where you know they 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 had some 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 uh, points of consequence happening. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, but yeah, so that was uh, Miles Morales. Um, real quick, Black Hat number four. I didn't even realize that they had up they had up uh, they had uh, charged four ninety nine for this book. Mm, well, you know. Kind of easy to do when you're using a review copy and not, you know, store copy. Yeah. Uh, um, but Black Hat number four, real quickly. So oh, you read this? I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I've been reading this. this. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's you know it's been a fun. I think like you said in your notes, like it's just fun to have a nice little heist. Uh, right. That's heist what I've been stressing. Right. I have been stressing this ever since the start of this book and. Um, uh, the the proprietor of my LCS, uh, you know, was kind of confused as to why I was into this. I jokingly said, and it's it's part of the truth, uh, that uh, you know, I'm down for the J. Scott Campbell covers, oh, but uh, <laughs> but 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 that's part of it because I enjoy the fact that this book is there to kind of give us a fun heist story on a monthly basis. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, well, that's going to go to a whole thing about retailers and you know 
and how they deal with their, their customers well, all sorts yeah, of exactly. stuff. What I was going to say is, right. though, that this particular retailer is very much uh, a Spider-Man fan. Sure. And wants to see characters done, you know, characters in the Spider-Man universe done well. And I guess maybe this wasn't up his alley, but I happen to like, you know, as a fan of, uh, you know, heist movies, I happen to like the idea that we were going to get a heist comic book. Hmm. Well... Yeah, but that kind of throws back to um, actually, I think there might have been a letters page in. Um, yeah, it was a letter in Miles's uh, issue. Might I think about it from someone that basically said that where they were, um, there wasn't a lot of, there weren't any Miles books until she asked for them, basically, because and her the retailer was kind of not necessarily not selling them to him, but basically was alluded to the fact, as we have heard from people on this show, it was like, well, those don't sell well well, because of XYZ type situation. But that's a kind of BS, and that will start me in a a big rant that I was going to say earlier that I'm not going to do right now, but... Mm. um, I think, I hate to say this, I think, unfortunately, you know, we we do know why certain things sell in in certain locales and certain things don't. So that is, you know, know, like... uh, you know, I would, I would, you know, without getting too far into it, I would use some of the best-selling books like Saga. Don't sell in certain parts of the country. Well, so, yeah, but that's again, yeah, like I said, like you said, we're not you know. going to go there. But at the same time, it's like okay, but you have retailers basically saying, well, that book's no good because it's not selling, and using, well, it doesn't sell well in this book in this store because X Y Z or some stupid odd reason because low sales is not low sales. It's like, well, if you're the retailer, you know, at some point, you would think you would want to be like, if someone's interested in the book, you would not go out of your way, and I'm not saying that people do this purposely or at all, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. go out of your way to not sell somebody coming in looking for a particular thing you know, you would, I would like to believe you'd want to have them be able to get, if you are actually indeed one in the business of selling, selling. And yes, I know at some point, well, it's like, it's a little kind of cost. It's not as cost effective to order, say one book for this one particular person that's coming in, you know, whereas other people may or may not generally, but at the same time, it's like, you know what, serve the people you're trying to serve by not trying to, do a disservice to them at certain point. And I'm not saying all retailers are doing this or a number of them do this, but it kind of feels like it's, well, hey, we got the big books here, so hey, we'll push you into those. As opposed to, like, you know, comics. I, I think the com- I, I think uh, I, I think the comics industry, unfortunately, still caters far too much to the people that know about previews. So, um, you know, yeah, people who know what you know, people who know what they want, and it's 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 unfortunate in in that sense. Selling, selling, selling retail comics, and this is a whole story. This is a whole episode on the pitfalls of uh, retail comics, retail in comics, because um, unfortunately, there is a no return policy, and back stock is back stock, and it takes up space, and it costs money to store. I, and I, yeah, I, and I get all of that. But right. Well, still I understand, been... you know, like, I don't want to get into it. That's the thing. But like, I understand some of the economic stuff behind. And so do uh, I. But, you know, you know, behind behind there. And that's unfortunately what they use as cover for the things that Roddy Cat is, you know, that you're kind of railing against. And that is unfortunate uh, that, it, you know, and it, and it sucks. 
um, that that comics that several comics don't get the the exposure. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. They don't get the exposure that they need, um, and unfortunately, uh, the higher ups use that as a re- as a reason to cancel the books, or it's even some uh, of the lower ups, lower downs. But you know, that's a whole other story. But anyway, yeah, listen, not to belabor that too much. It's just that is a problem in the industry that I wish wasn't one. Uh, or and definitely one that wasn't being used as one also. But anyway, specifically uh, about this book, but specifically yes. about this book, um, the fact that it's a high story, you know, maybe that, you know, the the uh, the initial setup was kind of on the silly side with the uh, with the uh, the goons. Hmm. I find the goons endearing. I like the I goons. Yeah, the, like this whole the whole setup to me was like, okay, I'm down with this. Like, I find that whole dynamic mm-hmm. of uh, people who are knowingly uh, ne'er do wells, but not the worst type of ne'er do wells. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are folks who aren't um, looking to um, physically hurt people. You know, a, there's a little bit of Robin Hood in here, a little bit. We have seen um, stereo. We have seen particular archetypes of the goons in movies before. Like usually, they're like kind of like the joke characters on the side uh, uh, of certain certain movies, right. and that kind of this kind of plays on that also, which is kind of fun in itself. Right. So, I mean, ultimately, before we move on, I wanted to just say that um, it this book remains fun. It's on my it, it's on my pull list physically, mm-hmm. and. It's just a fun read. I enjoy reading it because it's like it's more it's more along the lines of what hijinks will this group of thieves get into now? And they do. They have, you know, now I don't know how long it would be sustainable, but definitely for the last few issues that they have been getting into some some hijinks and it's and according to this issue it's leading up to something something big. Right, and I think that's the driving force of the story is that there is there is something big um, uh, that is uh, in the works, but they also have a little bit of um, Marvel continuity to play with mm-hmm. uh, that they established in Amazing that had been previously established in uh, X Men way way back with the thieves, you know, and I've said this before with the New Orleans Thieves Guild, right, and that was just a natural progression. You know, talk about a natural progression into, you know, creating local thieves guilds all around the country mm-hmm. and, you know, and how that would play with really the only thief character of note um, in the MCU up until, you know, the whole thieves guild in New Orleans with Gambit in them. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, uh, can you think of another, you know, uh thief type that really had that amount of exposure you know the black hat has been around for ages so yeah black hat would pretty much be the the main other one outside of gambit you know right so that we know know of like big time you know exactly that has received that kind of exposure since their you know since their inception i remember gambit being a big deal um in the x books but in terms of just thievery in general, you know, I mean the black Marvel the, universe, right? I mean Black Fox, who shows up, who has been a part of this book, would be another one in on a very lower level because he's a you know a spider, uh, you know a, a spider side right. villain. But that's you know that's that, right? Um, but he shows up in his book also, so that's you know listen to, so yeah. So the, just the quick and dirty on it, um, you know. 
Felicia needs something from the Fantastic Four's house, and she doesn't sneak in. She just walks up and got a date with Johnny, which that makes total sense. And like, you know, as she even says, like, you know, I don't even have to do any of that stuff. I just walk in, use, in do it the easiest way, even get Johnny Storm's attention, which is very easy to do, apparently. Um, and his exactly- and his connection to Spider Man doesn't hurt either. I was just going to say, she's not exactly, uh, she actually has lost the benefit of having a secret identity as well. So, right. Um, you know, she, she uses that to her advantage in this case. Right. Although it doesn't help that there are um, superhero paparazzi running around, which leads to uh, the events of this issue. Right. And, you know, Johnny Storm's both ignorance and horniness. Is is at play here, but regardless of all that, you know, you know where Felicia goes, there's hijinks and shoes ensues, which in the corner of, in a kind of a catch me if you can type of thing, you know, you have the, the person that's been kind of hunting them, hunting them down, uh, before the thieves guild, you know, that's kind of back in play, and that he shows up, but where in the last couple of issues there's been wrinkles in you know what they're trying to do this is no exception because i don't want to say that this is a deep cut but it's a deep enough cut to where somebody comes into play that is an old uh, fantasy four villain that's like huh didn't expect to see this person that was a weird that was a weird twist right the end of the issue i thought it was but like i said getting back to the hijinks like what kind of hijinks are they going to get into well, see, that's it. you knew but you knew especially with the dealings coming from you know the last issue and dr strange's house like you knew it was going to be something of like course. that seems to be the underlying theme of like clearly there's something that's going to happen and sure enough it did or it's starting to <laughs> that that's going to play out in the next issue and it's like huh okay i did not expect that person but all right yeah that's the thing but yeah, like I said, Black Hat's continued to be fun. Hopefully, it continues to be for for the duration of his learn uh, run. And check it out; it's fun. It's, you know, we could use a good fun, a couple of good fun books out there. Uh, and with that, I guess unless you got something else you want to, um... no, we'll go into rapid fire. We got a lot of books to talk about. Yeah, we do. Uh, hit it. <laughs> guess we should go ahead and do dirt out of the way. Yeah, I've got a couple uh, in common with Dirt, so let me take those. So okay. Batman number 78, I, I'm i inclined to agree with Dirt's general uh, thoughts on this. I'm not a fan of, uh, of this. He actually hates this, um, but uh, he's a Batman uh, collector and is willing to maintain his uh, collection knowing that King is leaving the book. I am uh in a very similar boat i don't necessarily read batman that um uh that uh loyally i think that's probably the best way to put it but i try to keep up with what what's happening it's probably the best way to keep track of what's happening in that corner of the dc universe so um this issue is so batman and catwoman centric and it's so slowly paced and it's and it's so kind of navel gazing like oh this is how i feel and this is what i'm going through and i sort of remember nightfall being like this but obviously with different characters um I thought I think it's funny that um, that 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 Dirt brought up something that was right on the edge of my consciousness, and I didn't realize it. But 
uh, he asked why was Batman disguising himself as uh, Tom Selleck in Magnum P.I. And I kind of laughed at that, thinking, that's what I was thinking when I saw that. Um, so this sounds like I would like this issue. It's not fun. It's zero fun. Uh, you probably won't like this issue. Uh, I mean, um, I'm not up on it. Like I said, the last time I read Batman was when uh, he when he and uh, and Superman and them went on a double date. That was the last time I actually read the book. Right. I think it's too slowly paced. I think it's just a lot of navel gazing. Um, and I enjoyed that, but you know, it looks like uh, going right. That that's more fun. That's the thing. Right. This is not fun. Um, Event Leviathan number four. Uh, uh, there's not that much happening. A lot of stuff is happening in the background. Um, it's different in that there is a little bit of movement in the story. Um, we find out that Superman's intervention in the last issue did not go as planned. And, uh, he has been added as an asset to the team of detectives and Lois basically goes off, um, and reveals that she is uh, working several angles to this story. And that is not, um, an understatement. Uh, let's see here. So those are the two DC books we had in common. Let me run through. I would also go um, so far as to say that, that that Dirt is a particular kind of reader. Oh, yes. So uh, that kind of plays into what he likes and what is um, with everybody. But, you know. Sure. So um, let me finish off uh, his books and then we'll get into some of the comics that we have in uh, common this week. Uh, Detective Comics number 1011, which still sounds so weird. Um, I agreed with I, I skimmed this book and I agreed that uh, the art in this book is a little rough and it, it actually turned me off to the story. Uh, he actually liked the story and uh, there's nothing fancy in this arc and there is um, some follow-up on the Mr. Freeze stuff that is uh, kind of happening as a B-plot in the story that is going to emerge uh, as an A-plot probably over the next several issues. So that's uh, what's going on in Detective. Um, Berserker Unbound. This is, I believe, a Dark Horse book by Mike Diodato. And uh, PCN underscore dirt is not a fan. Um, this is uh, not very enticing to him. It is a tale of a, uh, it's very much like the Conan in uh, the Marvel books uh, nowadays. It's a, 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 a barbarian in modern times. And uh, dirt is not very enthusiastic about this book. Um, Moon Knight annual number one. Uh, this is the latest in the Acts of Evil uh, stories in the Marvel annuals, and apparently Kang is back. Uh, time is warped, and, you know, that's going to happen when Kang is around. Um, the story is too short and wraps up too neatly, but it's actually not bad. Uh, for what it is, it's fine. I am uh, correcting a spelling error. And uh, the Moon Knight throughout history are a fun way to acknowledge the changes from the Old West version of the character. So that's interesting. Might are you be sure he doesn't mean fun? We don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, it could be. It could be fine. Um, or it could be fun. Yeah. Um, um, but I was going to say uh, about those particular acts of uh, acts of evil, I think you could pretty much lay this, a similar claim to most of them. Like they've been kind of quick and cleanly wrapped up for the most part. I've only read 
a few of them. I only read. There's only been a couple. I remember so, yeah. the Ms. Marvel one. So. Yeah. Like I think there's only at this point there's been like four, and all of them been kind of just like, oh yeah, well, there you go. Right, but they also benefit from uh, added page late, you know, added page numbers because of oh, the sure. uh, annual format. So what may feel like a, a quick resolution is just you know the benefit of having a few extra pages yeah. of story. Um, Riddler, Year of the Villain, number one. Uh, the Riddler sucks, and he knows it, and Batman knows it, and even Lex Luthor knows it. So what does the Riddler need to do? Retire? Um, the story is meandering, and the the art is only half there. And uh, it feels like um, a much-loved Neil Gaiman story from Secret Origins, but not as good. That's not fun when it's a rehash. Um, and last, lastly... Uh, Dirt Red Gotham City Monsters number one. And he writes that he wasn't sure what to expect from this, but he wasn't expecting it to be terribly boring and pointless. <laughs> but the artwork was nice, and it's not a complete loss because of it. So he is not going to read issue number two of Gotham City Monsters. When I saw this on the solicits, I was just like, um, Stone Cold. What? Like, why is there a book called Gotham City Monsters? Because what? because Marvel did a um, thing called Marvel Monsters. Monsters right. I mean, you know, but they had an entire event around that, so well, they at least had a bigger rollout, you yeah, know, and probably and probably with just as much uh, steam behind it. And well, they had that uh, meaning none. No, I was about to say they definitely had more steam than Gotham City Monsters. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think well. Whatever. They but, definitely had more steam than. Gotham. I mean, they definitely pushed it more, yes, but so, it doesn't mean that it didn't fall. It doesn't seem to be falling flat, or it did fell flat when it landed. Right. Anyway. Well, it was a tough. I was about to say it was a tough concept. Yeah. Um. So back to the rest of my books. Uh, shout out anything that you had in common. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel number ten. Uh, the identity of the star character is revealed, and it is who I thought it was. Is it who I thought it was? Who did you think it was? Uh, basically a clone of Carol or something like that? No. It okay. was... I can't remember uh, actually what I said about that. Or, or a time a time version of... of okay. No. Oh, it, was who I, it, it was who I thought it was, but it had a somewhat unique take on how this character became empowered. So that is the interesting part of this character's... I would um, say spill it, but I might actually read it. No, it's worth reading. Mm. It's worth reading because it's... uh, But if you've been on uh, on board this volume of Captain Marvel number 10, it's not predictable, but, uh, you know, when you you read it, you'll you'll, you'll see. Um, The Daredevil number 11. So... Daredevil has been going through a very long and elongated uh, version of the television Daredevil in that Matt Murdock is not sure he should be Daredevil anymore. But this is nothing new for the character. Um, There is a guest character uh, who is taking up a lot of time in the book, and that is Detective Cole North, who is anti-cape, anti-superhero. Uh, in this issue, he bites off way more than he can chew by trying to take on the wall crawler, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, who gives him the what for. Definitely, um, you know, definitely um, may 
have uh, an effect on the way Detective North proceeds in uh, the near future. Um, Matt Murdock, much like Bruce Wayne, is still on the long road back to becoming a hero. Uh, we did Doctor Strange, talked about Event Leviathan, uh, Invaders number nine. I'm not going to spoil this. I know Roddy Cat said he's going to try to catch up. Um, talk about Steve and Bucky going deep undercover. That's all I'm going to say about this issue. That is the cliffhanger. Um, Invisible Woman number three. So this actually played out pretty well. I kind of like this. There was a nice twist on um, the Invisible Woman's powers in the story. And I actually like the fact that I didn't necessarily see the twist at the end coming. I felt like I did. It was a little predictable when I thought about it, mm. but I kind of like that I didn't necessarily see it coming until it came. So I, yeah. I like that at least my my suspension of disbelief had lasted that long. Yeah, no, I think from the first issue when kind of got brought up and then I was like, oh, he's missing. And I was like, well, okay, well, we see that's going to come up in a certain way. And sure enough, it did. So, right. And it is also a spy story. So that's right. where that's where this particular twist is seen more often than not. Yeah. I kind of like seeing uh, Sue is a, although her overconfidence kind of, kind of got in her way uh, on a couple of times in, in issues past. And even in this one, say again, her overconfidence kind of got in the way a little bit because, because she's like, well, she's used to dealing with, you know, bigger bats, but then just like, you know, somebody got to drop on her in this, in, in this issue because she was kind of, confident in her dealings or almost almost a couple of times but at least one time was like okay yeah whatever but but right. the one time she got the drop on her it's just like well you you know well it's a lot of fun in that mm-hmm. uh you take someone out of that team dynamic that they are almost exclusively in right. and that's what these solo books are these solo uh you know one-offs are for for a lot of these um a lot of these uh these characters in uh, big team books Right, but at the same time, it's like, hey, I've, it's kind of one of those things. I don't know if she actually thinks this way, but it's like, hey, I've taken on Galactus. And like, just you know, two spies are kind of like, like shouldn't be as big of a problem. Right, but what's funny about that is that these spies have Marvel universe type uh, level technology. <laughs> right, but she doesn't. She clearly doesn't right. think it's about that. that part, at the time. Right, it's that part that she that 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 she over that she underestimates. Mm-hmm. She estimates their access to such things so um it's it uh, as you said yeah she probably underestimates everyone that she's going up against because of the fact that yeah she's generally acknowledged to be and it's even something that comes up in black cat mm-hmm. she's generally acknowledged to be the most powerful and the most dangerous member right. of the past four um so that you know that it was it, it was actually a pretty like i said it was, it was a pretty uh fun read yeah, and I was glad that my suspension of disbelief lasted through the uh, end of this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, Silver Surfer Black number four. I also read this. Um, this was um, it was a it, it, it was weird to see Norn Rad of all characters being put to this particular test. It's the um, it, it's the it's the age-old time travel test of what to do about um most recently seen in the mcu with uh with uh with uh one uh james rhodes 
Right. It's it's what to do with uh, your chance to change the future. And we don't have Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer, coming to the conclusion that this won't change anything. But we do have the intervention of uh, <laughs> one Watcher. And you know what happens when you see the Watcher. Some stuff's going to, you know. Well, what we used to see when the what? Yeah, when we used to see when the Watcher comes about. Well, this is in the past. Actually. I know, but uh, that, but that, that's why I made that point because this right. is set in the past, and and we don't have the Watcher per se. Yeah, currently. not the version of the Watcher, right? Uh, which was which which brings up that speaking of because I don't recall them saying that this was in the past or alluding to the fact that this was past, up until this issue. No, this was uh, um. Unless they missed it, because I didn't, because I, I read the, like, you know, the, the the first page where they do the, the rundown of what happened up until now, and I noticed they put it there, but I don't remember, and I need to go back to previous issues to see if they may have put it there, but I don't remember seeing if they actually did do that. It came, if I'm not mistaken, it came up, not in the first issue, but in the second issue, mm-hmm. um, in terms of when and where and who he was dealing with, because of the whole null thing. Right. And I think they established around that point when they introduced Null uh, into this book that this was in the past, like firmly rooted in the past. But I, well, see, and, and on that, I had taken the assumption that Null was still around because being that I think he's, he or his, he was been a, he's been it, in current stuff. Exactly. No, what I was going to say is the uh, Null in the state that he's in, in this, in, in, in this miniseries right. is, is firmly rooted in the past because in the present, no, um, I'm not up on what's happening in um, Absolute Carnage, right. but from what I understand, Null was being imprisoned by the symbiotes as as being the body, uh, as being the, the essence of the planet Clintar, and this is Null pre being imprisoned. Sure. So that maybe that's the maybe that's the yeah. I, don't, I, didn't, I probably didn't pick I read, up on that one. Right? Maybe that's why I read into that. But if I'm not. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they they definitely root um, the the Silver Surfer story um, in into the into the deep deep past. Oh no, we yeah, that's, and that, it, that obviously was... even yeah, it's uh, it's even reinforced over the last several issues. So after, actually, well, it's only four. So right, I was about to um, say that that can't be the case too because you know. it's just it, it's uh, it, it's really been two issues two and three. I don't believe they've mentioned too much of it in the first issue. Right. Well, like I said, that's why I said I need to go back and, and look because I it's like I don't re- remember them even alluding to as much up until. Well, the point wasn't driven home until this issue. I'll put it that way. For God. me, anyway. And that's that. Okay. Uh, that being the case, I will get to. I think I only got like a couple. Um, let's see. Guardians of the Galaxy Prodigal Son number one. Um, and I think this is the last issue of this little, because so, I know they've been doing these things like in, in threes, but so the Guardians get called in because um, of there was a death. So uh, going back to a point, like um, there is a weird Thor Loki thing going on in this issue and you may see why by, by me saying that. So Prodigal, Prodigal, whatever his name is, you know, was off doing his tongue. He wanted to get back home to, to kill his uh, his his uh, brother named Luke L U U K, who's dressed in green, by the way. I'm just gonna say that. Who and this brother killed his dad. 
Um, but apparently it was for a good reason, as we found out in this issue. But the Guardians are kind of here because um, they were already there because Star-Lord uh, knows of the family because, you know, his dad's royalty and so are they. So they knew each other from that. Um, a fight happens. Apparently, I did not see the, the how this thing ended because you would think, like, if there was a Thor kind of Loki situation, you would think that the quote-unquote bad guy would be Loki and he would take an L. That did not happen in this issue. In fact, a slight reversal of, like, basically, what if Loki, like, what if Loki took over the crown uh, and people was okay with it for the because, reasons why. Right, exactly, because Odin deserved it. Basically, yes, actually. Yeah, that's essentially the twist. Right. So, that plays out in the different day. So, you know, in, in, in Prodigal's terms and in um, Agent Underscore Seven, so he got real petty and dealt with the situation his way. And mm. the Guardian didn't do anything to start up to stop it, and that's pretty much where this book ends. <laughs> right. It's it's kind of you know and and uh, I skimmed this mm-hmm. trying to figure out you know what on earth we're reading here, and you know it, it's an interesting but kind of underwhelming introduction to a new character that I guess we're supposed to not completely like. Right, and I don't know if this character's probably. I mean, sure, they're setting it up to where this character's probably going to show up at some point down the line, but I I don't. Like, yeah, they did a lot of setup for this character. It doesn't seem like this is probably going to be around that much longer. It's interesting to see if there's going to be a redemption arc or not for this character. Right. But, yeah, I, I would imagine maybe playing out in Guardians or something. Who knows? Or, you know, because that that's the only place at this point that where that, you know, character could show up. Not again because... necessarily. Because there is supposed to be a cosmic level... Uh... Yes, I, I'm, we'll get to that in the yeah, news. But... Yeah, that but I've been teased. So uh, yeah, and I'm sure that person probably will show up there, but I don't know if as as a factor of what we don't know. Right, we shall see. Uh, but anyway, so that was that one. It was an amusing read for for that reason. Uh, Ironheart number ten, I believe is my. Oh no, it's not my last book. Um, Ironheart number ten. So um, Shuri, Riri, and um, Silhouette from the from the New Warriors are going are basically still in Wakanda and they're going to this wellspring of uh, all things, which is a thing that I had to look up because I, and I should have looked up before because this has come up in this book before. And apparently this is something that was kind of rooted, slightly rooted in both new warriors and thunderbolts to a certain extent. So this kind of goes back that far, which would be reasonable since midnight fire is involved in this and they're in his sister silhouette who's also become involved with it. So they're all three in Zimbabwe. They, they go off to find this thing and find Midnight Fire. They do, and uh, the the other big takeaway is, well, the couple of takeaways is, is like, one, they have this moment where they're kind of taking daddy notes, they're comparing daddy notes, and, you know, it kind of reemphasizes the fact that uh, Riri, you know, her, Riri's uh, stepdad has died and supposedly her biological dad has died, but apparently that might not be the case given what happens at the end of this issue. And that is all I will say about that. But it's, it's, it was a pretty good... Oh, uh, Riri and Shuri also have been shipped, apparently, because they've been given a name of Shuri. Okay. 
Um, and I don't know. I, I assume we will find out because um, Eve Eve Young is pretty good about after a uh, book to ship before the next issue comes about. Talking about what happened, what you know, her, some of her process of the last book, uh, and she did that recently with uh, issue nine. So, uh, like I said, well, I'm sure when issue eleven comes, we'll we'll see if that some of that gets brought up. Anyway, that is that. It was cool. Uh, and my last book is Swordmaster number three. And I'm believing, you know, you and I both said we were kind of looking for uh, a translation, or a, I guess a original translation of this, and like every original version, right? I think, right? And I suspect that this is the adaptation we are going. Well, what we were looking for is a translation, translated version of the original, like you said, right. uh, version of this. And I'm thinking this is probably, if that letters page is to be believed, this is it. I mean, outside of like what they've already done, I don't think we have we've we've seen any, we have still not seen anybody, you know, take the original, tra- tra- you know, Chinese, uh, verse. Oh, we may have, and we just hadn't found it yet. But we haven't seen anybody just literally take the the, the translation of the Chinese version and do it. I think this right, is maybe, translation, right? Right. So this seems like this might be it, uh, or at least that's it's been alluded to that this that this could be, it. and that might be my interpretation of it. Anything as a that being said, though, um, there's really not much happens. I mean, the the um, and there's a lot of talking about um, the sword. Like in the first part of the, the main story, is like this mysterious woman comes, beats up this monster, uh, uses the sword better than than Lin does, and then shoves it in him, and he gets a whole bunch of history, or starts to get a whole bunch of history. Uh, and then the backstory is he and Shang Chi fighting Ares for that self same sword. Um well it's not the backstory, it's the it's the uh the B story. Well, same difference. Uh, well no, when you say backstory it's um you know it's almost like the backstory of the character. Well so, oh yeah, well yeah I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Well yeah like the backup story maybe. right right right, right I think right. that's what you meant to say. Right, I did mean to say Oh yeah I the backup that, story yes. yeah the backup story has Shang Chi in it. You are absolutely right. So um and that is them going up against Ares because he took the sword uh, at some point, thinking to use it for himself. But his his uh, you know his plan seems to be fairly clear to everybody else except for the person he takes it to. But you know they get the sword back, and apparently they're going to ally themselves with Ares. What it seems seems like for some odd reason. And there's some history also in that right. about the sword. Right. I think I I would just add I, I skimmed this. I wanted to read it again because I felt like I missed you know, I think I think I was just in a hurry or something, just flipping through this. Yeah. Um the pacing on this book is a little tough. I think the wave um no no the arrow oh, book yeah. because because wave has the backup story in that uh in that book. But the arrow book I think is paced much better. It reads a lot, you know, there's a lot more to um, uh, her stories, I think, than this book. Sure. And I'm finding it a lot easier to follow. Hmm. Maybe it's a, a, a byproduct of the art as well. Um, you know, there's a lot more monster stuff in this as opposed to Arrow, which is lots of cityscape. Sure. So, um, you know, those are the main differences I'm having with these two books um, so far. Sure. I get it. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, it is what it is on that one. But yeah, and, and I don't know some of that. Some of that pacing might be coming out of um, translation, but I kind of doubt it. 
No, I think it's you know because of the way the layout. You know what I mean? Because right. of the way the story's laid out. Right. You know, I think it's just the the way the original story was paced out. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, so well, that's what I, that, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. actually, you know, it's uh, you know, like we're supposed to be dwelling on the art, and you know, when you're when you're not so enthusiastic about the art, you're kind of not dwelling on it so much. I mean, it was all right, but yeah. so. So anyway, that's that. And I'm getting used to like the the renditions of the monsters. So mm, that's that, and I don't know who knows where that's gonna go. Clicks yeah. of the week. Clicks of the week. Uh, we already got two, and hey, this one there might be a surprise, folks, because we have Tim's, which was uh, Young Justice number eight. Wow. <laughs> I kind of so I'm not going to sit here and say that I know Tim that well to say I could have predicted this, and but I also do know he likes Young Justice. Um, but I think it's a byproduct of the fact that this was a down week for Powers of Ten. I'm not going to say that because, like I said, I, yes, it was. I'm like if you put this week's up with last week's House of X, yeah, it wouldn't come out that great. But it, I don't think it was bad and no, i know no, you're not saying it was bad but right, it was just a down week right it wasn't it wasn't bad it just wasn't uh it know, was earth shattering i kind of i kind of dug what it was though Let's, i'll put it that way it was more set up than anything mm. so we'll see how that well, i mean it's all out. been set up though that's the thing no but this is set up for the next several issues not for like the future of um the x universe should, uh that's what the well I think the X universe uh, setup is what this is all about—the the powers of ten and the right. and, uh, House of X. But in terms of where we're going to go with uh, the next several issues, the, the 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 setup for Sinister's role is is, is heavily seeded in this issue, right? Which we already saw some of. So I mean, it's like it's basically a get from here to there type situation at this point. Um, but yeah, that. But like I said, Young Justice—that's Tim's pick and. Um, for dirt, this is probably not a surprise either. Detective mm-hmm. Comics ten eleven. Right. So let's see. What am I going to pick this week? I enjoyed Young Justice. So it was, you know, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I actually seriously consider um, Black Cat number four a uh, potential click of the week just because it was fun. Sure. Um, Let's see. I have King Thor number one as a potential click of the week for myself. Um, I think I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go with King Thor number one for the intestine stretchingness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. That works. <laughs> you know, I like I like the I like this issue of Miles. Uh, you know, it's a nice kind of anniversary that wasn't billed as one. Mm, yeah, um, I like the uh, and I liked what happened in um, Amazing as well. But it felt like we were back in the eighties, but updated. So, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I generally have been enjoying you know um, Miles one and Saladin Ahmed's work in general mm-hmm. and maybe i built it up too much this up too much in my head but i felt a little bit let down on what we got about what the reveal of the ultimate connection is yeah because i was like I okay this, I, I thought it was just gonna be a, a slightly bigger thing than than what it was 
see, here's the thing. I think it might be more. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that it's, there's not more coming, but, you know, I figured it would just kind of just like hit a, a big point coming in. But I mean, I like, like I said, that was like, just probably me. Uh, yeah, let's say I like the fact that it's a slow burn. Hmm. Because it's not, oh, we're back, but we actually have someone who it appears to be, uh, it, it appears that this someone is grabbing tech from all of the Ultimates and right. putting it to use. Right, because, yeah, which is a weird concept in itself, because, like, okay, this is a, a person that was from this universe that ended up in that universe, which is we're not a which, you know, we usually see, but now it's back in this universe, because whatever other reasons, we'll find out. Right. And dealing with somebody from, well, actually, no, never mind, never mind. Forget what I was about to say, because he already had ties to that person in this universe anyway. Which was kind of weird until I read that. Um, But knowing the character and all that kind of display, it makes sense, I guess. Um, And I still got some more reading to do, because I guess I should catch up with those two, even though I really don't want to. <laughs> I, I feel compelled to read uh, those two Spider-Man crossovers. Or, or uh, miniseries. I know I don't have to, but I, yeah, it, I feel compelled in myself. It's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily uh, required reading now that you know what uh, the current Miles Morales is like. Yeah, but so, if you again, I mean, you, what the, what you've the, known me for years, so sometimes what the six one six Miles Morales is right. like. Right. But also, if you know me, sometimes I just have to do some things for 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 my own, you know, scientific endeavor benefit, my own academic purposes. Sure. Uh, that being the case, um, oh, I haven't said mine. Uh, you said King Thor. Actually, I'm going yeah. to go with Loki number three. No kidding. Yeah, because like I said, there, I, I'm whatever was put in that book may not be as big as I'm making it out to be, but I do like the one the what is suggested. Okay. And again, like I said, it feels like because of that suggestion that I could be reading into myself it could read into something with King Thor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All righty. So, um, now that we've got our clicks out of the way, Hit I'm going to first ad read, and we are going to try to move the show along by using our favorite hurry up ad read, which is, uh, help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us. Then click the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, etc., etc. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. (laughs) Okay. That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. As you can see from the video, I've been doing some, a little bit of, um, trying to do some things with some scenes and whatever. But hey, we'll see how that works out. News! Cinematic! The news! Um, there we go. Let's say the thing went in transition so cinematic news as we tend to do every week starts off with spider-man's tom holland reveals robert downey jr's advice to him and no we're not talking about spider from tony stark to spider-man we're talking about robert downey to uh tom holland uh and apparently that some of that advice was uh 
sometimes you don't need to ask for advice. You just you can just take a step back and watch the people you admire. And I can't believe it, but I find myself agreeing with my, that because that is something I have also <laughs> believed in. So there you go. All righty. Next up, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, the director of the upcoming MCU Shang-Chi movie, isn't interested in perpetuating any more racial stereotypes to the MCU, specifically about uh, Asian characters or Asian actors from a variety of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, so the, I think there was another article that was, was kind of plank going off of this, saying that he definitely didn't want to uh, make, say, the Mandarin character into any more of a, a of a racial stereotype as historically done. So, that's probably that's promising. Uh, next up, Todd McFarlane has choice words about the MCU Sony split. And I say, I don't know why I put this in here, but who cares? What did he say? I don't even know. Actually, I, you know what? I barely read this thing. I should, um, what did he say? See, according to when the incidents of the Sony MCU split, it was uh, it was the avoidance of another bidding world. Da, 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 da. Oh, um, you saw what happened with Spider-Man? He asked the crowd. They were trying to extract Spider-Man, right? And Sony went, no, no, it ain't going to happen. Um... You know, he, you can read the article for yourself. We don't need to right. go into all of that. But he basically has some words about Split. All right. As uh, many people did. Yeah. Um, next up, apparently uh, it's been teased that uh, the animated What If uh, series on uh, Disney Plus, that, that's going to be on Disney Plus, is going to feature an episode in which Black Panther becomes Star-Lord. So... Uh, that's going to be funny when uh, you know we see someone respond to Korath who asks, "Who?" Yeah. So <laughs> we shall see how that plays out. I mean, that is the nature of what if stories. So yeah, that one in itself is a little farther than I expected. Um, because a lot of what ifs are like, "Hey, what if this happened instead of this?" Or you know, you do have the occasional "What if." Jane Foster was Thor. Hey, guess what? That actually happened. Um, or what if Caprica comes president, which also happened. You know, s- s- stuff like that. So this one was like a little, little further than than, um, yeah, it's, than it's the usual. If, yeah, I was going to say it's what if um, what if the Ravagers came for uh, Prince T'Challa instead? Basically, right. Uh, I guess that's what it says in there. So, I didn't, yeah. So, so interesting. We'll see how that progresses. Um, Haley Steinfeld. And I keep wanting to do the Seinfeld uh, thing, boing, but ding, ding, ding. In talks, uh, I don't even know if that's actually how she spells her, how she says her name. Anyway, uh, she's in talks for Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye uh, Disney Plus show. So, okay. Sure, why not? She seems to look the part. And, then, you know, you may know her from Bumblebee. You may know her from the remake of True Grit and other stuff she's done. I think she's voiced, did she voice uh, Spider-Gwen? And some of that stuff. I believe so. Yes, she did. Actually, in Sp- Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, yes. I believe she was Gwen in Into the Spider Verse. So she's no stranger to um, genre acting. Right. So, hey, there you go. Next. Right. So, uh, in 
maybe not surprising news. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus has already canceled one of its Muppet shows, which is specifically um, the Muppets reboot, um, which would have uh, followed directly up on, I believe, the last movie was Muppets Take Manhattan. Or I think the story was that it was supposed to follow up on that. Oh, was it? Not... oh I thought it was from that. Um... Oh, from the, the, the more show. recent movies? No, the show that they had on ABC uh, a few years back. Which is kind of like The Office. Possibly. But so, I, I only read the story in passing. So sure. um, there's still another Muppets. Um, there, there's another Muppets related show on uh, Disney Plus that's moving forward. So it's not, you know, it, this is just um, some uh, creative differences. Right. Huh? Yeah. According to this, uh, Muppets, Muppets Live Another Day, which sounds like a Bond movie, weirdly enough, uh, would take up after Muppets Take Manhattan. Right, that's what I remember reading. Okay. Right, so not what I was thinking of because I didn't read this. Well, wait, it says, oh, Muppets Now is basically like that old, the, not the old, old Muppet show, but kind of in the vein of that last one. So anyway, cool. Um, Mission Impossible cast seven cast Haley Atwell. And I jokingly said on Twitter, I was like, okay, so this is how Tom Cruise is going to cross over into the MCU <laughs> with Agent Carter. But um, he's already crossed over with Hawkeye. I mean, that's also true, but we don't. Nobody cares about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, apparently that that whole thing. I see. You know, I kind of like those Mission Impossible movies. They're fun, kind of dumb. Um, and you get to see Tom Cruise run his ass off for the, for ten twenty minutes. I don't know. That I, I saw think, the most recent one, and it was just it, it, it was it was pretty funny. I was gonna bring that up. I also watched it, but I didn't watch the whole thing yet. And I got think I got like past the the one scene from the trailer where um you know um Henry Cavill cocks his arms. Oh yeah, yeah. The, which was, it was just kind of early in the movie spoilers, but you know it was you know. Yeah. But I went like halfway through, and uh, for some reason I didn't finish. The charged up punching. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, look forward to that. That's cool. More Haley Atwell. Next. All right. Uh, Christian Bale has some peculiar advice for Robert Pattinson. What is it? Baby powder in the suit? Uh, don't, yes, don't have a meltdown where there's recorded equipment around that. No, that's not it. That's me joking. Because no. <laughs> he's famous. He had that meltdown on set and it was got recorded. You know, but that's not it. Um, I don't know. It just basically says here it was like when he was asked about Pattinson's casting as, uh, as Batman, Bale replied, oh, good. Good choice. He's interesting. I'm sure he'll come up with something real interesting, which kind of sounds sarcastic. And I don't know. I think Bell's British, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that's even worse. Um, not saying British people are worse, but I'm just saying this just kind of comes off a certain way from him. But his basically his advice was uh, it involves a challenge that comes with wearing the iconic bat suit. You weren't too far off, but it's be able to pee for yourself. <laughs> He said humorously, you don't feel much like a hero when you can't take a piss by yourself. Which, I guess, denoting how hard those suits are to, are to get in and out of, basically. Next up, uh, Margot Robbie. Find the next two, it looks like. I will do that, yes. Uh, developing Tank Girl film reboot in a report. Uh, and at the time of the report, the, the first report, we did not know there wasn't much about it. Uh, and there's, there's still not that much more about it except for she's involved and the fact that it now has a director uh, which is Miles Juris Parafit I'm hoping I'm saying that name right so 
uh, Michael Robbie's producing it and she's going to star in it. And uh, I don't think they have nothing else except for the director and her, her in- involvement. Did you see the original Tank Girl movie? I feel like I have on cable at one point. Um, okay. uh, but I don't really remember much about it with Lori Petty. Right, I haven't. So, yeah. I, you know, whether or not there's a, something worth rebooting or not is... Well, I think it, I, I suspect this is not about it being uh, rebootable or not. And more ends like, hey, this is, you know, tough punk girl, you know... Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think Robbie's kind of like, hey, we're going to. I'm empowering, I guess, one would be another word to say about it. But, uh, and I'm not taking that as a slight, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I feel like that could be possibly why she took on the role. And plus, it is, I'm sure Tank Girl does definitely have a cult following, but I don't think it has anything. It may have less to do with reboot, how rebootable it is than that. Anyway. Right. So, uh,. In our next story, Wonder Girl becomes Deathstroke in Titan Season 2 behind the scenes. And not BTS, the, the K-pop band. <laughs> You're just going to be stuck on that, aren't you? Because it, it's weird seeing it cap. That's the thing. <laughs> seeing know. it capitalized like that yeah. makes you, you know, uh, throws you off. Or at least throws me off. Um, but oh God, um, I can't believe that got brought up. Oh, jeez. What? Oh, this is, I'm looking at the story on the side. So Gears 5, uh, the video game just came out. And if you know anything about the um, the characters in that, they all look kind of meaty, wrestlerish looking. Okay. And and uh, Batista is actually going to be in it as a playable character. Right. Um, but there's there, there's another character that uh, people are saying looks like Goldberg. Uh, okay. That is that has been with the series the whole time. And people are thinking that is actually Goldberg and, and, and it's not. Okay. So that just struck me as weird. But anyway, Connor's Leslie, who's playing Donald Donna Troy, aka Wonder Girl, uh, put on a Deathstroke mask on a, in a behind the scenes thing. Right. It was That's an it. image that she put out on social media, right. and I actually I actually did not realize that season two is already start is already up and yep. available for or at least the first episode is up and available. It certainly is, and I just started uh, catching up on the first season. Right, so uh, I guess I'll be diving into that shortly. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool that uh, that that she put on the mask, even if it is just a teaser photo. Yeah, she just, she got abs. Also, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, David Ramsey re- reveals title of his final episode as director. So yeah, David Ramsey, who plays um, John Diggle on Arrow. Has been doing a couple of uh, some directing here and there uh, in the last few seasons, and uh, he shares a behind-the-scenes photo on his Instagram of the title page of the script of the season, the season's sixth episode, that being season eight, uh, confirming himself as director, and the episode is titled "Reset." Okay, and you can see the picture of it here along with his coffee. So cool, going on him. I didn't know his middle name was Paul. <laughs> So, which means he's 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 probably the one black person that I know has three first names. Weird. Anyway, next. I was about to say you're going to make me you're going to make me search the uh, the memory <laughs> databanks for that one. Hey, he might be. He uh, might, there might be another one, but that's he's the only one that, that of recent note that I, recent memory that I know of. I gotcha. Um, Jonathan Sheck or Shake. Will reprise his role as Jonah Hex from DC's Legends of Tomorrow for CW's Arrowverse Crisis on Infinite Earths TV crossover, according to Entertainment Weekly. 
And in other news, Agent 7 and I are both going to return for Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, crossover because everybody else is. Okay. Seems like yeah. who haven't they gotten? I think they. I don't know if that uh, whole Smallville thing is working out, but it sounds like they may, they may have gotten one of them. I don't know. Hell, they're bringing in Bart, Bart Ward. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> Again, not a slight, but I'm just saying they're pulling from a lot of places. Um, anyway, uh, from the Flash side of things, Crisis on Infinite Earths takes hold in season six trailer. So there's a trailer for the Flash that teases uh, the upcoming uh, crossover. There you go. Boom. It says, and it also says there's no secret that the Flash will feel the effects of Crisis throughout season six. Uh, I'm going to go into some stuff that, that came out at, at Comic-Con. Hmm. Which, if we know anything about that, like, I'm pretty sure it's not going to go the way that ended, because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's where Barry died? Was it that one? Right. I don't know. There's so many, so many crises. Uh, uh, oh, you mean in the main? Uh, in, uh, yeah, in the comics version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but he's already kind of had a quote unquote. He didn't die, die, but they kind of did something like that before, and they already did Flashpoint like early on. So, I mean, yeah, right. He's Which back. Is a different thing. He's back. All right. Next, next. up, uh, speaking of the CW, Black Lightning returns on the CW for its third season, and um, first trailer has come out, which uh, shows that uh, new conflict is coming to Freeland. Mm-hmm. Go Scooter. Um, I haven't seen the, the trailer yet, and I'm not caught up on season two. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm not even caught up on season one. I don't know how that happened, because it's only eight episodes. Weird. Next up, uh, New Scoob. I don't know why I said it like that. New Scoob uh, image reveals the first look of Fred and Velma. Um, you know, I, I know some people, like, like myself, love some Velma. Go figure. Um, this is a slightly different... Well, it's not a different take, but um, she seems a little s- slimmer than the Velma I'm used to. I don't know actually why that's a thing, but apparently Gina Rodriguez is going to play the Velma. And, um... Wait, Muttley's going to be in here? Really? Okay. Um, oh, this one is... So apparently, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of... Or a few... That's right. This is the thing that Caves, uh, um, Tracy Morgan's going to be in because he's playing Captain Caveman and, like, Dynamite's going to be in it and Blue Falcon and Dynamite. And, yeah. Some things. Daphne Black is being played by Amanda Seyfried. And, okay. of course, and Frank Worker, Frank Worker, which is the weirdest thing I had ever uh, uh, found out about was Frank Worker playing Scooby. I don't know why it's weird, and uh, apparently he's done a, a number of animal um, voice work. You know, Frank I Walker. mean, yeah, he's a you know he's a, he's a big time voice actor. I so. know, but the what you think of him as the one thing or one or two things, and you know he's been around a long time and done a lot of stuff. But it's like okay, right. boom. But then yeah. Anyway, next up, this is funny to me. All right, um, author Walter Mosley. Revealed in an op-ed that um, he quit his job as a writer on Star Trek Discovery after being chastised by human resources for using the N-word on the job. Uh, Mosley, who is black, mm-hmm. did not reveal... Actually... Uh, no, he, did, he goes into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hold on. The short of it is he was basically recounting a story uh, that happened to him in his younger days, and he was <laughs> using, you know, using N-word to, to set off a point because that's how he's been treated. And as a matter of fact, if there was more specifically, it was a run-in with cops or mm-hmm. a cop or cops at the time, and he was kind of recounting it for the writer's room. And somebody in there went to HR about it, and then the HR kind of got back into to him about it, and you know he did a um, an op-ed about it somewhere, and he just up and quit because he didn't feel like he you know could express himself, you know. And he wasn't like he was calling anybody like like I said he was just recounting a story, so it wasn't nothing malicious about it. It's just that somebody kind of felt in their way and decided to go to HR about it. Um, and I think the article also says that there's been a couple other people, um, like showrunners or whatever who had gotten fired because they were actually being abusive to the writers or whatnot, you know, because, you know, the, the, the writer's room is supposed to be all inclusive and then another, which it is, but it's also supposed to be, you know, free to, you know, free to speak your mind, or at least the way they have it set up. I didn't know he was working on discovery. So that was one takeaway from this. Um, so I'm kind of, and he was only on the job for three weeks before this happened. So that's, that's a whole nother thing. So I don't think anything he's, had a hand in may or may not have gotten out or, or may not be getting out um on on screen so that's the thing you know even if you don't know my walter mosley what's wrong with you devil in blue dress folks read something for god's sakes um killing a johnny fry also good book personally anyway that's the thing next up um some sad news or sadder as well, just a sad or sadder news. Some someone was a Robert Axelrod, voice of Lord Zed in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and other stuff, dies at seventy years old. Um. So yes, some a lot of folks would know Robert Axelrod from um, from Lord Zed, and you know, you'll be missed. But he's also done uh, uh some more other things that you might know, like Digimon and some other voice work. But he's also an actor that has been some and st- some other stuff live action. Okay. Yeah. So and that was recent. That was just like a couple of days ago, as of this, um, as of this recording, like the eighth. So, next up, uh, the Matrix Four gets a tasty working title. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know they so have production, right? So the production title, right? Is... Which is also kind of funny. It was like, why? What was what was the impetus of this? So if you, the working title is called Project Ice Cream. Ice Cream. Right. I mean, when you see those signs telling you not to park there because Project Ice Cream is filming, right. that's what it is. And I'd be like, well, shoot, I want to know what this is because I want some ice cream. <laughs> you know, that would be, if I ran into it, that would be my thinking. That's the thing. I don't know how often you run into those things. I don't. Well, I mean, I'm not in a place where they film heavily. so. Right. I mean, you know, like where you are, they go to the studios. But, um, you know, when they're filming on location here in the city, what I described is exactly what you get, which is you get signs that say no parking because, uh, you know, because uh, a certain film is set to uh, it it, it is um, scheduled to film like uh, by my uh, where I go to church in the city. They were filming um, uh, an episode of this was just this past Sunday. I saw signs and Mm -hmm. and 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 crew blocking off um with cones um parking spots um was it madam secretary that cbs show with uh Taya, uh Taya leone sure okay so um you know but uh but when it's a tv show they just put the title on 
Right. But when it's a movie, especially a movie where they uh, want secrecy, they will put a code word up. Right. Like that's uh, what this Luke is. Cage, right? The Luke Cage, the Luke Cage one was um was uh I I forget what it was. I think it was called Tiara or something or. <laughs> Something, something relatively clever that you had to Google. Sense. Like, what, 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 what production is this for? So, right. But um, at the same time, well, so one, they don't do any filming like that around here, so there wouldn't be seen them. Like, at the most, a lot of stuff gets. Like, I know there's a lot of concessions in North Carolina for stuff like that, and I think like the probably the beach. A lot of times, if they need beach stuff, they'll do that. But I don't. I don't I have rarely ever seen or heard about anything here where I am. Put it away. And I'm in the middle of the state. Now, there might have been one or two things, but that was like a long time ago. Anyway, right. th- th- that's r- irrelevant. So, But uh, the, my, my takeaway from some of that is like, if I saw something like that, like you see and know the stuff, I'd be like, well, shoot, what are they filming in here? And mm-hmm. I know you've done that knowing, you know. You just jump on your phone and say, what is this, you know, what is this working title? For? Right. It's like, is this something I'm interested in? See if I can get in here. Because I know they do, they do that to kind of deter people, deter people from that. But if you already know how it works, how mm-hmm. it does that, you just, that's not necessarily a deterrent at that point. Right. Or as, as much. As much as a deterrent. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Harbinger, uh, or, well, some people say Harbinger, but it's Harbinger, switches studios putting a valiant cinematic universe in question. That's right, folks. They were still trying to do that thing. Bloodshot still is still is the thing as we reported on um, last, uh, last week. So, yeah, they were trying to um, get a valiant cinematic universe off for years, according to this article. I don't, I'm not sure how much I buy that, but Hollywood Reporter just broke the news that Harbinger uh, has changed hands from Sony, which is releasing Bloodshot to Paramount. <laughs> and apparently the artist says, I mean, the, the, art, the author says, not again, Sony. Oh, gosh. Um, everything about the project remains the same. Same director, writer, blah, 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 blah. But while reports are Sony had tentatively planned to shoot Harbinger to here, um, Paramount will kick the tires on the film a bit. So, I mean, why would they need this when they got uh, Spidey? Ah, they're looking to build, man. But, you know, it's, please, uh, they've been building on Spidey, and now that they've gotten, but you know, what's funny? What's, what's that? No, what's funny is that you you just saw you just said earlier that you saw, um, a trailer for Bad Boys Three, the most recent trailer, correct? And the, I did not realize that was a Sony film. Mm-hmm. It sure and, is. You know, and, and and part of me thinks that the the folks behind Sony Pictures are looking at that like, well, this is probably our last hurrah with these characters since it took it's it takes so long to get them all on the same page oh for sure um, and, and that's not saying that well, sony yeah, doesn't have well, other stuff in the fire because they because they have yeah. other studios and, and things that we don't know that we don't necessarily associate with them directly but so but you know we know spider-man we know well we know now well, at least he knows now uh, bad boys but you know there are some studios that you know that thought are directly that with with sony like they have some little stuff that oh yeah that's Sony, so yeah. well Men in Black was Sony as well exactly yeah see that's another big one but so yeah apparently so and I was kind of halfway joking as to you know about the why would they need this but let's face it there is kind of some truth to it that's 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 just me editorializing so that's not necessarily why they got rid of it but it probably is okay. <laughs> anyway next up. Uh, season two of the Umbrella Academy is adding three new cast members. So, um, good for them. Yeah. Sure. I have not watched any of that show. Neither have I. Yeah. 
Uh, Power Rangers. Oh wait, so we're, now we're going to get into the uh, comic book news. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Power Rangers reveal new Omega Rangers heartbreaking origin, and this is, I believe, this is the issue that came out this week. Um, I believe of uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, issue number forty-two. Excuse me. You know the meaning of life and all that. But anyway, um, yeah, apparently. I, I'm not up on this book, and then I'm like directly behind at this point. But um, yeah, well, a new character or a newish or character um, um, is in the fold, and they have their backstory, and it's apparently a heartbreaker. I don't know that much about it. Next, spoiler alert about last week's Doomsday Clock. I almost took this out because of that, because we kind of right. talked about it. Right, so we discussed this just very quickly. Uh, Lex knew more about DC Universe's rebirth before anyone else. So. Because, of course, he did. Right, because he's Lex Luthor, and, you know, mm-hmm. that's that. He's basically this version. He This this world's doom. We all know this. Minus right. the scars and the armor. Although he does have his own set of armor. So, Right. Uh, Suicide Squad returning in new comic series from Injustice Team. So Tom Taylor and uh, da, da, ba, ta, ba, ta, Renard, uh, Bruno Redondo, Renard Redondo, excuse me. Uh, so, and apparently, in sounds like in true suicide fashion, somebody's probably going to get it in the first issue. So, okay. there you go. Next. So we talked about, the, talk about this. Yeah, all the lameness around Tim Drake's new story. Oh, stop it! But <laughs> hey, um, our very own Tim uh, Dogg wrote this, so go check that out if you after you've read the the um, um yeah read the book first. Read the issue first, or if you don't care, then sure like go ahead and read the article. Right, read the article first. Right. So next up, uh, DC's next big event: Hell Arisen. Uh, with Lex Luthor, Luthor, Lex Luthor uh, versus Batman Who's Laughs. But they are really trying to get a lot of monitors out of this Batman Who Laughs. They love that, man. The spiky look. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I know. The whole guy thing. Weird. Um, so, sure, that's a thing that's coming up. Looks like James Tenney and the Fourth and Steve Epting will team up to create uh, Year of the Villain Hell of Resin. Um, what Tinian calls a DC event that pissed uh, Batman who laughs against Apex, the Apex L- Luther. I-, I was trying to blend that together some kind of way, but that's not working. Anyway, in the culmination of Year of the Villain, the Apex Lexiter. That might be actually the name of this, the, the title of this um, uh, uh, episode, if I think about it. We'll see. Next the up, Apex. what? The Apex Lexiter. Lexiter. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, next oh, you up. love Mulan Delarian. <laughs> In this week's event, Leviathan number four, it's all the lameness. Um, Bendis apparently came out and talked about the surprise characters that are revealed in Event Leviathan number four. This is what I was referring to when I spoke about the issue earlier. In regards to Lois Lane pursuing her own angle, quote unquote. Her own angle on events. I, I will. I believe I see what you did there, but I'm reading this article and I'm still. I mean, I see it, but okay. Sure. Next up, um, welcome to DC Universe Year One. So this is an article from the DC Universe uh, site. 
And yes, it has been a year since DC Universe has, um, has shown itself. Or just, just about a year, I want to say. Because I think it started in... I don't remember what I... I can't remember. I thought it started in October. But I, I'm probably wrong. It probably was September. So regardless, but this was an article saying about uh, some s- stuff that they have on the site in, you know, um, in relation to the anniversary. So which includes some video stuff and some uh, uh, recounting of some of the year one comic books that they have on the site already. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's going to be a Harlequin celebration on the 10th, which uh, has already passed, and something on the 11th, which, guess what? Hey, has also already passed. So. Alrighty. Next. Next up, uh, DC editor Rob Levin has been named the Inhumanoids. In- no, 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 no. Uh, it's yeah, actually- no, it's that's a different one. Publication. Uh, it's a it's a publishing line. Uh, the Humanoids public human Humanoids Publishing, and he is their new senior editor. So congratulations to him. Were you trying to do a visionaries thing? Is that is that where you were going for? Because Herculoids did not necessarily. I, I felt I felt you. I felt your vision. No, wasn't <laughs> there an Inhumanoids? There wasn't a Humanoid. Yes. Yeah, I think that's where the theme song was. But I don't remember it going like, you know what, I, I don't know, that was one of those Yeah, exactly, ones. Knew, we're going to look for it. Yeah, no, right. So, actually, you know what, there was a couple of themes back back in the day that kind of sim- sound similar, so it, it, <laughs> that could have been any number um, of them. Man, visionaries. Anyway, Brazil, oh, so I'm taking these next two. Uh, so, Brazilian mayor blasts Marvel, orders police sweep of Young Avengers book. Yes, folks. The Youngest Avengers book that, that came out like four or five years ago. Wait, I think it's more. No, it is more, actually. Excuse me. It was it's so. The, the, it came out in 2010 and 2012. 10? Now, Brazil didn't get it until 2016. Ah. So, that, so, that's, a, that's, a, so that's another thing. Oh, wait. No, I take that back. See, we've been circulating in Brazil. No, so it came out in 2010. It didn't come to Brazil until 2016. 2012 and then the, there's a new volume that came out in 2016 so there you go regardless it's an old ass book that apparently um, the the Brazilian mayor who apparently was an, um, a former evangelical priest or something uh, and they're kind of strict about you know certain scenes of uh, certain things and then of course you have uh, Hulkling and Wiccan kissing, uh, which was a note. And this is, mind you, a, a Avengers Children's Crusade, not the um, not the actual volume, not the, the the McElvey volume. I think so. This was Children's Crusade, so that's an old that's an yeah. old story. Yeah, this is Heinberg and uh, Chung. Yeah, this is an old story, and this is just coming up now for some strange reason. Um, but apparently there was a, uh, this got circulated, um, and the, the Rio de Janeiro's mayor, you know, wanted those books, wanted the books off the shelf. Um, and there, apparently there's more to the story in, in that it is, uh, the, the, the saying mayor extends content crackdown beyond Young Avengers Band. So they're going further than just this book. Um... And apparently they're alleging that it's pornographic content. It's not a pornographic content. It's just two dudes kissing. Like, come on, really? But again, I know there's, you know, and somebody may, be, may or may not be sure to write in about it, but we kind of already know that, yeah, things are kind of strict. Uh, over in, uh, 
Yeah, or stricter in in certain parts of the world, including there. You know, because let's face it, we got our we have our issues here in the states, but you know, it's worse in other in some other places. Lame, pretty much. So that's sad and ignorant, and those people need to die. That's all I'm going to say. Um. By the way, humanoids, humanoids. <laughs> nice. Yes. That was a commercial or was that the um from the show? It's the intro. Yeah, it's the intro to the show. Yeah. I have no idea why that particular thing sticks in my head. No, I get it. It's, yeah, I get it. I'm with you. Earworm type thing. Okay. No. Yeah, uh, next up, uh Marvel's Avengers. This is the video game. The mm-hmm. alternate costume skins uh leaked out this week. Yes. And you can take the next one actually also cuz that's a slight tie. All right, and Marvel also announced a prequel comic for the Avengers video game, written by Jim Zub and illustrated by Paco Medina. I'm it's actually like that's actually surprised. like a, uh, you know pretty close to a, you know a leading creative team. Well, so this, yeah, as noted, this is the same team that did Avengers No Surrender. Yeah, you know, and I'm not gonna say Zub got noticed. Zub got noticed from that, but he did start picking up a little uh, a few. Actually, I think. Well, he, I think he was probably already on the way of getting champions at that point anyway. But, you know, but he was definitely getting more work by the time that came out with Marvel. Not saying he wasn't before that, but I'm just saying, you know, because like now he's uh, co-writing with uh, Slot and he's got champions and, you know, this was there. And I think he did some stuff for... No, that was part of No Surrender, never mind, because I think that was specific to, like, especially the Conan parts. Anyway, regardless, so yeah, that's the thing. No surprise that this was going to happen, but yeah, it's the thing. Uh, no one is immune to the unstoppable force coming in. Contagion number one. So this is a mini series uh, from Marvel that's going to be on stands October second with the creative team of Ed Brisson and a team of artists, um, a, a bunch of artists. I'm not going to go ahead and rattle off all of them, but at least six of them. Man. Um. See, uh, and a seemingly unstoppable force has hit the streets of New York and discriminately hitting heroes and civilians and draining them of their life forces. This sounds like a job for Earth Majesty's heroes, but it's not. Uh, Contagion calls for Marvel street level superstars, but even they're not safe from this new infectious threat. And for some strange reason, I feel like Typhoid Mary is going to be involved, but I think they've already done that. Okay. This is speculation. That was purely speculation on my part. Um, but yeah, as you see here from the pictures, the, the things involved and, uh, there's a bunch of Morloids according to this cover. And of course, you know, like I said, the, the defenders and whatever. So yeah, that's the thing that's coming next. Incoming. I know, right? I did the exact same thing every time I see this in the latest Marvel incoming teaser. Uh, there's a warning of a returning galactic threat, and that galactic threat uh, kind of goes back a ways. Oh, yeah, it we've does. Seen, we've seen uh, teased returns and some returns, in, um, especially in the Guardians books in the Secret Wars, the, the Guardians miniseries in the secret, as, as part of the Secret Wars tie-in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen the return, uh, the, the, the character known as Korvac. I was going to say, so it hasn't been as long as you think, although it's still even since the last time, because I think he was probably 
early like 2010, 2011. I might remember somewhere around that or before then where Corvette kind of showed up somewhere. I might be okay. off by a few couple of years, but I know it's been in the last decade. But nevertheless, Corvac is an old Avengers thing from way back in the day. Um, that has shown up like once or twice since then. Mm-hmm. So that ought to be interesting. And we thought in the MCU might have gotten, although we got a tie to him, but we didn't exactly get the whole thing in the MCU. Which they didn't do the legwork for, so I wouldn't be surprised if we were going to actually ever get that. But yeah, this is the, the tie-in. We talked about the prodigal from earlier that he may or may not be involved in. I, I'm not convinced of that. But since it is a collective threat, supposedly, who knows? Anyway, if they do try to make Corvette happen again, uh, I'd be, I, I guess, sure. Um, next up, Jean Grey, Wolverine, take the cake on Mark Brooks's X-Men variant. So as you can see, the variant, I love Mark Brooks's work. He does some nice stuff. Uh, you should check out his Instagram also. But yes, this is for, I believe this is for X-Men number one. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is coming. Um, and this is a variant for that. So, cool. Next. And X-Men's House of X death literally mirrors Phoenix's original demise. So, for anyone who read House of X... Mm-hmm. Um, we this, didn't talk about this. We talked about the issue, but we didn't talk about this particular thing. Right. I'm just going to ring the spoiler bell because this was in last week's House of X issue. Mm-hmm. So uh, Cyclops gets got, <laughs> and it reflects uh, a similar scene in uh, the original Dark Phoenix, but with uh, the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Or in the the forthcoming of the Phoenix, uh, that ends up happening from that. But yeah, uh, apparently I don't think he's going to cut. We don't think he's going to turn into the Phoenix from that. I'm no. just going to go out on a limb with that. But yeah, the the shots apparently were noticed by someone on. Um, oh, actually, it's like by Jordan Jordan D. White, the an editor at uh, Marvel, apparently, who, uh, as you see on the video, says, "I see you," and he puts the. the pictures side by side of him himself of Cyclops and Jean both getting getting got and Pepe Larraz kind of confirms it and says yep you got me you caught me so that was cool like I saw that and I was like huh that that was interesting pose for him to be in and turns out it was actually something yeah it's definitely a a strong homage Mm -hmm. so cool beans have fun with your work Um, last but not least Freema Agumann um, I hope that's how you pronounce it. I, I need to, anyway, uh, returns to, I apologize for butchering your name if that's it. If that's not it, uh, returns to the Mark, Doctor Who universe. So Martha Jones is back. Um, Freema Agumon reprises a role in a brand new audio adventure with Eve Miles of Torchwood. Um, so that's cool. So, and it's also worth noting that Martha uh, Jones was on Torchwood for like a episode or two, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, and for so, the rest of us who don't watch, Do- and for the rest of us who don't watch Doctor Who, <laughs> who? So, <laughs> well, I now it just takes on a different reading because yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, so the so Martha Martha Jones, who was a companion of the t- to Sims Doctor, who ended up on tor- Torchwood for a second, you know, and Eve Miles, who uh, played uh, Gwen on. 
who's basically uh, who's the lead on Torchwood with um, um, John Barrymore, who's on um, um, uh, Arrow, or who has been on Arrow. He's not on it fully now, but you know, you know, Michael Morgan, Merlin. He was on Torchwood first, and on Doctor Who first. So, which they pulled a lot of Doctor Who people from, from the, into the Arrowverse. I've noticed. So that's kind of funny in itself. But yeah, so this is a new audio uh, play, or audio adventure that uh, is coming down the line. And so you Doctor Who fans, have fun with that. I'm not saying I'm not one of them, but I'm just saying that I'm not caught up on a whole lot of stuff. Hmm. So, and that is, folks, the end of the news. We got one more ad. Our last ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. (coughs) To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right. Thank you, folks, for coming out here, being with us here tonight. Or if you've followed us, if you've gotten with us audio or just happen to be up on this video at some point in the near future or was here and you just didn't want to say anything cool we appreciate you all so for myself roddy cat you can find me at roddy cat on on twitter news that's neat on twitter and tb caps on instagram agent underscore 70 on twitter and instagram pc underscore dirt on twitter pop culture net on twitter pop culture network.com and on the umbrella sites therein Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, the Osiris of this ish. You can find him there on Twitter. Also, CBK, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the uh, Combo Chronicles um, account. Also, um, D-Click Nation, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-L-N on Twitter, and dclicknation.com, which we need to really do something with. Um, and also, excuse me, um, of course, last but not least, Combo Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. <laughs> You can find this here program on CSPN.us, the Coastal of the Podcast Network. Do it today! Also on Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, uh, Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page, and Spotify. And we will be back next week for this locality. In this locality, that's how that goes. Uh, to have and keep in helping of some more comics faculties. Something like that. I'll workshop that later. It doesn't really matter. Uh, For the crew and myself, peace and have a good night. Peace. One.